0: It's Fat Man,
1: but, but, that ain't how
0: we start. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, welcome to Fat Man Beyond. I'm Kevin Smith. I'm Mark Bernard. Hey! Oh. I was close. Look, we're still behind the bar, man. And uh, you, of course, you can see everyone's uh, still here. So we got a live audience tonight. to see us. <laughs> Look at them all, socially distanced to the point where you can't see the audience because they're, at they're at spread so far. <laughs> yes.
1: That's how socially fucking
0: distant they are uh welcome kids here at the scum and villainy cantina in hollywood on hollywood boulevard uh where we do the show uh we were in a los angeles that was open for a minute mm. and then they have now wisely closed it because uh, the whole city's on fire uh with yeah. with covid
2: yes not on actual fire no not yet, yet. <laughs> <laughs> give it a
0: sec 2020 yeah did I'm... you see the fucking holy shit there's video it's so weird to talk about it, unless we could throw it up i guess but there's a video of, like, a what looks like an eagle or a condor, a bird of some sort. Okay. With uh, what the internet was saying this morning was a shark. But <laughs> it's not a shark. It's a tuna. A giant bird with a giant fish in its giant claws mm-hmm. soaring above a beach. I don't know who fucking, mm-hmm. like, had, had the luck to have their cell phone to be like, holy fuck. But this giant bird who looks like a fucking eagle had the big-ass long tuna in its fucking... Arms and arms, claws and talons. Thank you, thank we, you. Andy. We're getting there. I would never have gotten the talons, which is <laughs> like so pincers. I, I would. That, that's so metal too. Talons, man, minute, Um, the fish. Like I watched the video. It's only about fifteen seconds, twenty seconds long. But you, you. Most of the time, you're going. This fucking fish must be like, holy shit, like. <laughs> This is what it's like to fly. This <laughs> Didn't is see this coming. This is look at the whole <laughs> the world and shit. Shining, it's like, shimmering splendor. It's almost as if like a Disney character got their wish and then got <laughs> fucked. <laughs> Where they're like, oh no, I uh, can you the world. It was rah- like, rah- 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 it's rah- a Black Mirror deal, <laughs> and then they fucking wind up in the talons <laughs>
1: Must be of live a
0: hawk. of a giant fucking bird. At the very end of the video, what haunts me though, I've been thinking about it all day, mm. is my four seconds before the video ends maybe this fucking tuna starts (laughs) violently thrashing as if to be like let go let go Mm. but what is i know it's a fish what is this fucking tuna thinking (laughs) like why would you want to let go this bird was hovering over the beach Mm. so he drops this tuna that's it it's not like i'm saved well, but to be
2: fair, maybe he thought he was going to, like, catch a, a a heat gust and, like, coast out to the water. Like, I can see the water. If you just let me go, I'll glide it in.
0: Maybe that's the problem because, you know, the fish got one eye here and one eye there. <laughs> so he saw the water, and he's like, we're so close, but really, they're right over fucking length. Yeah, oh, no. He had the problem that all pirates have, the one with the patch. where the. a I went back to Pirates. I could have went to fucking uh, Nick, Nick Fury. Remember that line at one point in Avengers where it's like, where Tony Stark's like, how does, he, how does Fury see all this? And, sh- and she goes, he turns. Yeah. He, just, he does this. In way. any event, that horrifying video, somebody wrote under it like, oh, of course, flying sharks, 2020. Like, you know. Yeah. What else could happen? We've, we've seen a lot. Um, And we're still here, man. And things can't be that bad, kids. That's what you got to tell yourselves. If me and Mark are still sitting here (laughs) talking about some pop culture nonsense, it could be worse. Exactly. World's still turning. It could be a lot better. We haven't gone feral yet. It hasn't gone fucking road warrior yet. (laughs) <laughs> the world is still like in a good enough place where we could be like, "Hey, man, Superman, and yeah. shit like the that." The
2: toilet paper wars have not begun <laughs> <laughs> yet.
0: Although, fucking stock up, because I know it's, it's a coming.
2: Somebody's gonna run barter town before this thing is over.
0: Um, it is. Uh, it's. It's. Uh, you know, month four hundred of this quarantine. Of course, um, I've been uh, dealing with it in various ways, keeping busy and whatnot. Uh, I've been doing that show the tbs show you're making television making a little bit of tv from my house man and i realized oh fuck like because i was like i would do this all the time if i could do it the way we're doing it right now mm-hmm. where it's just like tiny unit of people like friends and family oh my god that'd be great but like if you do it as a real show they'll be like go to a sound stage mm-hmm. build the house and if i could do this and do that and then it becomes it's a union thing and- yeah which i'm all for unions don't get me wrong but like at the same time it's like the fun of this is how run and gun it is. It reminds me of making clerks. It's just so like, Hey, let's try this. Let's try this. Very experimental. I realized I didn't have an experimental uh, period, which sounds way fucking sexier (laughs) than I meant it, but I never had a film experimental period. It's not like I made a bunch of short films. And then one day I had the courage to make clerks. Like I made clerks and they were like, Hey, welcome in. I was like, Oh fuck. (laughs) So like you just learn on your feet. Mm -hmm. So I find it is like a film school kind of, uh, Touch up, you know, uh, what do they call that when you go back to school? Refresher, or whatever? A refresher course, man. Because, you know, on sets, you've got a lot of people looking out for you in terms of like, you know, there's a continuity position on a set mm-hmm. where the person who's continuity, like, has the book, they follow the whole fucking script, uh, they'll tell you what the eye lines are, the access are. If you're like, oh, you can't do that, that'll cross the access and stuff. Without that position, without like a DP who knows their fucking eye lines and shit. Like suddenly you have to figure shit out. I had to. It was so like <laughs> we're shooting the second one of the shorts. Sun and Lockdown is the name of the little show we make. It's on celebrity show off on TBS. We're shooting the second one. Uh, Carol Banker is a friend of mine. I met her on uh, Mall Rats. She was the continuity person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I called it Little Chair because she always had a tiny chair tiny chair club i was like why what's with the tiny chair and she's like because this job requires you to get into weird type places and it just fucking makes more sense she's so pragmatic and wonderful and she always wanted to be a a director and she's always the smartest one on the set Um, but she was in continuity like she was running books she was continuity person on uh x files for fucking years Mm. and stuff she was on glee and then finally someone was like hey man like let her direct and so now she's like the producing director on titans oh wow she directs a bunch of titans she's directed a bunch of stuff carol banker amazing friend of mine so anyway we're making the second short i call up carol banker and i'm like banks man well first i text her you go around she said yeah i said can i call you she said why because, like, it's not like I call her all the time. Like, I, last time I spoke to Carol on the phone, maybe two, three Did years ago. Did you forget ago, what you were wearing the last time you were on camera? <laughs> Pretty much. I was like, Carol, which way to, what was I wearing? So I called her, and I was like, hey, man, so I'm going to send you a picture of a monitor. And I'm going to tell you the know, image on the monitor. Tell me if, like, the eye, the direction for the characters in the next shot should be, like, looking to the left to right, right to left or whatever and you know i, I opened with like i'm so sorry to do this i know you're an accomplished director this is a continuity question she was like oh boy let me get my little tiny chair out and shit <laughs> and then uh you know i was like i don't know which way the island goes she's like you're adorable send me the picture so i sent her the picture and she was like oh it goes this way she's move it to the cuz i was like could i would i put the camera on the other side of the table and you know she broke it down for me and shit like Shit like that is just basic filmmaking shit but you take for granted because there's always some smart people around you to do that. When you're left to your own devices, DIY and stuff, you don't have somebody who can look out for you in that way and stuff. And then what do you do? You have to learn for yourself. So, you know, here I am, age 49, about to be 50, and I'm still figuring out the access and, and the eyeline, <laughs> which is a very important part of filmmaking. For those that don't follow that whole conversation, eye line is like, uh, here's me and Mark. In a two shot there's the camera Mm -hmm. um if we weren't looking at the camera which you never do in a movie or tv shows you always kind of look just this way or this way and stuff our eye line would be the same mark would be looking uh let's look at the two wires hanging down that's our eye line so we're looking to camera left so that way mark's looking there and i'm looking there same mark and i'm not looking this way and he's looking that way and stuff so if we were in uh singles Mm -hmm. We would shoot me, and it depends. If you got me in a dirty over or something like that, then we're locked in. Which you sounds, can again, dirtier than it is. Way sexier than I <laughs> meant it. But <laughs> if you're just going coverage of him, with then nobody in the foreground or anything, you have to establish the eyeline. Let's say you're having you know, me stand. Here's the camera, and I'm going to stand right here. Mark's eyeline's looking at me over here to the side and stuff. Basically, filmmaking 101 with Kevin. <laughs> when you do that, when you flip around, this is where it gets complicated. The eye line, you can't do the exact same thing you were doing on the other side or else the eye line is wrong or else they're both looking in a direction. And when you cut the shots together, it'll instantly read weird to you because you're like, they're not looking at each other. You'll see this in some movies. Every once in a while, you could tell nobody was looking out for the eye line and stuff. And sometimes
2: filmmakers do it on purpose. Like Sam Esmail would do shit like that on Mr. Robot all the time. Why? Because it lent this like dissociative, somewhat like illogical feel to it, where like you know something's wrong, you know something's off, but you can't quite put your finger on
1: it.
0: Mm.
2: And something as simple as putting the eyelines out of sync, breaking the 180 rule, like suddenly just puts you off kilter a little bit. It
0: does it kind of establishes a mood or something mm-hmm. like that? I mean, like that's I think that's kind of brilliant, good for him. But at the same time, don't you think like if you were the studio, the network, you're like, hey man, these eyelines are fucked up, and they're like. What's the point to so put the viewer <laughs> off their guards? So I would, if I was the head of the studio, I'd be like, "I paid for good eyelids. <laughs> <laughs> fuck your artistry yeah. and vision. They got to be looking right." Right. Or it's like,
2: "Did you just fuck this up?"
0: And <laughs> yeah. Like, this is your cover for it. We gave you millions of dollars, and <laughs> like, that's your no. excuse. It's a choice. It's on purpose. Wink. <laughs> I um, I was telling Mark right before the show began. It was tough for me uh, to come tonight because I was uh, binging i how do i say it i always want to say pretty little liars but that's not big it. little lies big little lies on hbo uh pretty little liars was a show on freeform yeah i think so abc family and little fires everywhere is a show on hula which i also watched. they're all <laughs> very <laughs> the confusing same fucking yes. show. <laughs> they're not but they sound like the same I like show. the
2: little verse to it's... Finally take place <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it is uh i watched the first <clears throat> season of it and it was good uh a really uh, really enjoyable uh i, I was Well, I couldn't commit to great there, could I? It was was, real good. It It was, you you know what? It's really fine. It was a good time. (laughs) Honestly, like, there's some shit I remember, some shit I didn't, because when we started season two, I was like, what happened? What is this? I don't get what happened. And then my wife was like, don't you remember all this shit? So, whole world, like, when that show, you know, went on HBO, when it started airing, like, everyone was like, oh, it ain't good. Like, do you remember? There was a general sense of, like, it ain't the first one. I mean, I,
2: yeah, I think that the first one was this kind of like sensation. Mm-hmm. Like, How are they going to do it again? They shouldn't even try. And then they did. And they're like, well, you know, it's everybody's back. And you know, they added Meryl Streep. And it's, it's yeah,
0: more, more. That, that, it didn't scare me away, but I was like, oh, low priority for me to watch now. Mm-hmm. I finally got around to watching it. It's fucking dope. And you couldn't break yourself away. No, to the point where I was like, "Fuck, fucking fat man, beyond. I want to find. I want to watch Meryl Streep act some more and stuff." He's like, and can I call into the show? Can I just... Yeah, I was oh. like, "Can I zoom in?" And like, you know, between commercials, there ain't, there ain't no commercials on the HBO show. I'm like, well, fine, fair enough. All right, I guess I'll go do the show. So happy to be here, but would have been happier to keep watching pretty pretty fires everywhere. What is it called? Big Little Lies. <laughs>
2: um i i too had a problem pulling myself away from something fuck what have we talked about the wind of change podcast
0: the wind
2: wind of change wind of change podcast um do you listen to other podcasts uh, occasionally less than
0: I ever used to because I don't have to drive anywhere anymore. But right. yeah,
2: I do, I do. My ears cheat on us.
0: As a really, <laughs> my ears cheat on us. That's adorable. <laughs> As a podcaster, I never really I listen to other people's podcasts. Not because I'm like, I'm better than them, but it's just like busy making shit. Yeah.
2: I I, I really listen to other podcasts like this podcast, which is like, you know, a couple of nerds talking about nerd shit. Like I, I get my fill because we do. A we show, do that. Just that's that. true.
0: So, what is their podcast?
2: This about? is about. Um, What seems to be posited as a true story, Mm -hmm. it's a journalist who's investigating this story that he heard from an ex-CIA operative, who also heard this story from an ex-CIA operative, that the Scorpion song Wind of Change... Yeah. Right. um, Was actually not, in fact, just a heavy metal ballad from a bunch of German rock stars who were in Scorpions, but was in fact a CIA co operation to help foment youth uprising in the Eastern Bloc of the Soviet Union. Basically, the CIA used that to win the hearts and minds of the youth and helped bring about the fall of the Berlin Wall.
0: Um, that's what the podcast is about. So Number one, that sounds fascinating. Number that two, it? it wasn't Scorpions who did yeah. Winds of Change, it was is. it? Look that up, please. <laughs> Double check. Uh, who sang when, when- Winds of
2: Change? Scorpions. For sure? Yeah. Rock me like a hurricane was their big jam, but wind of change was their like global.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <mumbles> yeah. That's the scorpions? That's the Scorpion. I guess I had rat in my head. Um yeah. Wow. And so, like, what seems to be So funny though, challenge <laughs> you on a podcast you're listening scorpions. to. I'm like, I don't think you're right, Mark. No,
2: can't possibly let be. me
0: let me metal splain <laughs> you. I'm <laughs> not sure if you know this.
2: I'm a white guy. I get metal. Metal's mine. Yeah. Hey, man.
0: I, hey. I,
2: and however, I missed the Houdini uh, trivia
0: contest we had. It's true. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> right before we went on camera, which wasn't a test of any source. But if it was, fuck, did you fail? I know. I got, a, I got like a D minus. I gave that. you like a 30% lead, 33% lead. I was you sitting did. there singing um, Funky Beat. And I was like, quick, name three Houdini songs, including Funky, funky Beat. So you spotted me the 33%.
2: Right. I got the freaks come out at night. Which I was proud of you for. That was thank awesome. Thank you. And I feel But good I thought that.
0: like, all right, you know, we're roughly the same age. He's going to know. He's going to rock He's this. He's going to have one more. And I didn't have the
2: one more. So I got, I, I flunked the Houdini exam. <laughs> and then it
0: wasn't enough to just tell him. I was just like, you can't. I said, what are we? What are we, Mark? They're we're not acquaintances. Crazy. We're friends. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. How many of us have um, them? Uh, but anyway, back so, yes. to the fucking podcast. So, who hosts this?
2: Um, some guy whose name this is one remember. person who tells this it's story. It's one person who's telling the story. He's a journalist who worked for like New Yorker and had been covering lots of like, um, sort of government-related operatives and operations. You know, especially in the Iraq War and and so forth. But mm. he like he heard this story and was taken by it. And like when it sounds like it's ridiculous that like the CIA would actually like hire a songwriter. And the songwriter would write CIA-approved lyrics to then somehow funnel to a band who then somehow make this the biggest song in the world. And it was in, in Europe during Sounds the late like that, 80s. Sounds like
0: that movie about, uh, what was it called? Um, the Chuck Barris movie?
2: Oh, yeah. That
0: Clooney, Dan- what was yeah. it called? Dangerous yeah, Dangerous, like dang- confessions, confessions of a, dang- of a dangerous, dangerous Mind. mind. It sounds like along the lines of that like, that, like ridiculous, but possibly true. You know,
2: but then they they start like interviewing. They start like st- clawing at it a little bit. And the what seems insane and daffy becomes like, oh, yeah, you've seen Argo, right? Like Argo's a legit CIA operation where they covered themselves as a film crew to help smuggle people out of a war zone. And like they went through the lengths. They hired a producer. You can't just fake your way through this shit. You actually have to be. Making a movie.
0: Yeah, smell you know, like a film crew.
2: You got to smell like a film crew. And so there's a long history of, of the US intelligence operations using pop culture as tools to execute any number of different kinds of operations. And they're like, why couldn't this be? Like, it's what seems ridiculous on the surface is absolutely the way they operate.
0: And like, is there, so wait, how deep are you in?
2: I'm like three episodes in, and it's fascinating. It's fascinating and it's 100% a movie. Like, the minute, like, you listen to one episode, you're like, oh no, I see exactly what this movie is. Like, I totally get it. Or here's your, like, Philip Seymour Hoffman is like your crusty, sadly, the late Philip Seymour Hoffman, but it's like your crusty career. I liked series. your movie, though. I
0: was in. I yeah. was like, I'm buying a ticket to that.
2: Yeah, just like, he's basically, he's the the Gust, what's his face from uh, the, the Larry Crab?
0: From uh, la, 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 uh, oh, Charlie Wilson's Charlie War. Charlie Wilson's War.
2: Yes, exactly what. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew said, Gust, Gustavo, avoc- not avocados, avocados. Avocado. avocados, but like the dude who's been there, seen it all, like done everything, it was like, well, how are we going to do this? Well, we need, we need a rock song. We need a band. And like, he goes and finds the fucking washed up like singer who had a, like one hit in the like the Peter Frampton of then. It's like, I need, I need a song. Like, what's it got to be? It's got to be super fucking simple. It's got to have a great hook, and it has to have all these like, little watchwords of looking for change, wind of change, whatever. And mean, demos happen. Okay, we got the song. Now How do, how do we find the fucking band? Then you gotta find the fucking band. And Like, what are these guys going to do? They don't want to do a fucking song written by the CAA. Well, they can't know it's written by the CAA. They have to know it's written by Peter fucking Frampton. And then, like, they get the song. They start touring with it. And the last shot of the movie is they're at the fucking Berlin Wall being torn down with Tom Brokaw saying, we're seeing the end of an era. And they just sort of clap each other on the back and say, you did that. And you can't tell a soul for the rest of your life. And then uh, walk off into the fucking night.
0: Fuck you. Give me a ticket to your <laughs> movie. I want to see it right now. That's a good, that is a movie right there. Yeah. Like it's, it, it, that sounds like Charlie Wilson's war too. Sounds like That's very Wilson's much war. like what that But like, I got is. an episode. Get Aaron Sorkin. I want to write it. Oh, that's right. I mean,
2: if I can't, then fine. You can get the second banana, Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> Whatevs. are you a West Wing guy? I am. I mean, it's Mother's Milk, but still. Mother's Milk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to write this bitch myself.
0: <laughs>
2: so, yes, I'm on episode what like four. What is
0: the name of it again? Wind of Change. Wind of Change, okay. which is the name of the song. Which is the name of the song. Um, I mean, an episode I, I'm not going to uh, fight you on this, but I do want to just g- dial back to be like, the, were the Scorpions uh, were a washed up band at that
1: point?
2: No, at that point they were on the top of the world. Like they had had a couple of hits Rock Me Like a Hurricane I think it'd come out either on the same album the album before that but yeah, they were the number one touring European band in the world.
0: When they reached out to w- them and, or did uh, they yeah, reach well,
2: out to they, them? Well, I don't I haven't gotten to the point yet but right, you're going right. to fictionalize it anyway because you're never going to get the say on the record so That's it's true. like it's, it's probably somebody approaches some dude in a club and says you know, I got a song for you. It was like, we could use another song, but we write all of our own things. Because they're
0: German. Scorpions are? Yeah. Are they really? Yeah.
2: Klaus Mina Again, I've got rat <laughs>
0: in my head. Because there's that Geico commercial. <laughs> and and we have it, rats. That's good. Yeah. And they around and around. <laughs> I got to get that out of my head and go to scorpions. What do the scorpions look like?
2: Uh, I would bet at this point they look a lot like rat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> White, probably. White, kind of long hair, bald But they were german
2: there were germans who sang in english and without an accent at all like you couldn't hear it when they sang just in interviews it's hello my name is klaus klaus miner
0: and so they were like all right these guys will fucking these guys because they can already play all over
2: europe you know they're already kind of in the european rock scene and those are like we don't need fucking striper to do this how
0: how artistically insidious
2: isn't it though this is very cool there was a uh, in this part the third episode of this podcast. They started talking about how the CIA started a company, a shell, a, a shell company called like the African American Cultural Exchange Company, and they would take singers. They would take like Nina Simone and 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 Bill Withers and Stevie Wonder and like let's send you to Africa because Africa, lots of these countries had been under colonial rule, are now finding their independence. And they could either swing democratic or they can swing totalitarian. Right. And so if we show them through the art of America how awesome democracy is, then maybe they'll come our way. But they never told these artists that they were working that for the were CIA. That they were propaganda. They were propaganda for the CIA. And so they would take these tours and, yeah, we'll fucking go to Senegal. We'll go to, you know, Nairobi. We'll go to, you know, all of these places and we'll, we'll fly the flag of America, even though it's the 60s and, like, America's not that awesome to us. We'll still do this. Right. But never would have been a million years if they knew that it was a CIA front. That's nuts,
0: man. Yeah, so good, so much juice. Podcasts, podcast. Mark's just discovered them. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard? <laughs> That's awesome. Have you man. heard the good news? Um, would you reach out to that dude and be like, "Hey, man, can I?" Uh, apparently, the the rights are being
2: hotly optioned. Yeah, it's imagine. it's like a bidding war now.
0: You can see that movie. I mean, you, I could see it because you just literally <laughs> told it to me.
2: <laughs> Here's how it goes.
0: now I want to see it.
2: Um, but yeah, I I I can't wait to see that movie.
0: I can't wait to write that movie. Hollywood. There it Just is. It. There's a. I wouldn't call it so much an open plea, as a hostile demand. <laughs> <laughs> you know you want to do it. Just fucking shh. Um, Just say yes. Just and say somewhere, yes. Aaron Sorkin rolls a tear.
2: <laughs> Look, can't get hired today. If there's a if there's a middle-aged black guy who wants to write it, they're not going to hire me. <laughs> Did you see Aaron
0: Sorkin's movie? Um, Sold to. Oh, yeah, The Trial of the Chicago 8. The net- to Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, and it was like a $56 million movie.
2: Yeah. Did you see that? What is it? It was Will Smith and Antoine Fuqua. Is that who? This package called Emancipation, where Will Smith plays a runaway slave, sold to Apple for $120 million. Like, the movie's not shut yeah. yet. This is just the
0: rights to have the movie. So that does, that's not the budget.
2: No. That's, I mean, whether or not that's what they're committing to it and that was how they won the package, I'm not sure, but it's a $120 million deal for Will Smith as a runaway slave.
0: Um, I mean, they got all the money, they got all the money. Wow. Yeah. That's not somewhere people running.
2: are working <laughs> <laughs> or Lord. promising to work. Yeah, truly. We, we'll make this movie for you as soon as we can make a movie.
0: We, um, before we i guess we're getting into the news before we get into the news let's get into the fucking news man yeah uh mark gathered up some goddamn news for you i keep staring at the monitor as opposed to the camera and i'm a director (laughs) 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 you know i mean i should know better i guess that's counter to what i do though normally i do look at the monitor as opposed to the camera but we should be i should be looking at the camera
2: at least i mean you're not looking down the barrel of the lens
0: that, but that's but what i'm want. supposed to do i know on a day like like when you're doing shows like this but on a movie set now I'm, i apologize i'm really bakey tonight
1: <laughs>
2: like it's probably
0: coming through but overly chatty i'm gonna turn it over to mark now and try to shut it's, up it's,
2: like, it's probably coming through I I mean, i'm not
0: sure if you can notice you might have noticed when i was just like I don't think it was the scorpions. (laughs) No,
2: I might not have come here tonight because I was watching little big liars everywhere. I'm really honest.
0: When I'm I'm this baked, I'm really honest. I'm like, this show's not as important to me as pretty little liars. And Mark's like, that's not the name of the show. (laughs) It is for me right now. (laughs) Meryl Streep though. Fuck Fuck, bro. Like it's crazy how like she just, she doesn't even seem like, Oh, it's Meryl Streep. Mm. She's every time she invents a new character. I know that's the point of the job, but (laughs) let's be honest. Let's be honest. How many times can you watch an actor and actress that you've seen in many films and divorce yourself from their entire catalog? Right. Especially with her. She's been, you know, she's the uh, fucking the stereotype of best actress Mm because everybody, if you wanted to say she's as good as you say Meryl Streep, she's the superlative and shit. So you'd imagine by now, after watching her for years, I'd be like, I know her trick. She's very good at what she does or whatever. (laughs) But still, fucking like, I'm watching a show, I'm like, that ain't Meryl Streep. Even though I fucking know it's Meryl Streep, I'm like, she literally just created, she put in some funny teeth and made a new character. (laughs) (laughs) I love that it's like, Kevin discovers acting. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i apologize have every actor and actress i've ever worked with over 26 years but i think i get it now
2: hold on have you seen this shit like she's another person
0: again she would not fare well in a kevin smith movie i'll tell you right now because <laughs> she you could tell she wants to create a character and all i want her to do is like just talk like all my characters <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay can you do an accent yeah what's your funniest accent
0: and she's from jersey too i think
2: ah jersey girl
0: jersey pride Um,
2: she could have been jersey girl
0: (gasps) she is jersey Jersey girl girl. too she's my jersey girl somewhere my daughter who was who we flew to fucking from los angeles to jersey so she could be born in jersey back when i was like she'll never be born in california because who fucking i would never step foot in los angeles and we wound up living here yeah um we uh she should be the original jersey girl of my heart but meryl streep meryl streep this meryl streep it's going to be huge. <laughs> One day. She's going to win awards and shit. Like At that. some point, she'll find her stride. Um, yeah, and I wondered, and this has nothing to do with nothing, obviously. <laughs> Nobody tunes into Fat Man Beyond and talk about Meryl Streep, but do you think, like, because there, there are four other powerhouse, five other powerhouse actresses and shit, and she's coming into season two of a thing, mm-hmm. do you think she's like just normal, like, hey, man, I'm Meryl Streep, so of course I'm going to do 100%. Or do you think she even ups the game because she's like, fuck these youngsters. I'm going to teach, I'm going to give them, I'm going to run an acting clinic for them. I'm going to teach Nicole Kidman how to act. I have to imagine there's a little bit of like, Leopold, Leopold. Gotta be, Leopold. right? Leopold. Homero's on the set. Gotta be, Everybody man. bring her in. Everybody, first position. She seems very like personable whenever I see her on award shows, but I guess that's you know not really the gauge of, <laughs> how real a person is or anything did
2: you ever um read william goldman's adventures in the screen trade book no it's fabulous it's wonderful if you're a screenwriter if you want to know like inside hollywood shit whatever like he's a master storyteller he wrote princess bride the novel in the movie he wrote butch sundance Sun he wrote misery Kid.
0: he wrote all the president's comment we won't talk about that too much
2: yes yeah, somebody's gotta get paid but he has this <laughs> great story about um working on marathon man which he also wrote about rehearsals and Dustin Hoffman was like, you know, 28, 29 years old, like the young lion of the New York theater, that the next generation of screen acting. Um, and he's rehearsing a scene with Lawrence Olivier, who is Lawrence fucking Olivier. And there's and he's describing this rehearsal in which, you know, Dustin Hoffman wanted, he's like, I want to get it on our feet. Let's let's fucking go. Let's 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 just do it. Let's and he starts like marching around the room. And and Lawrence Olivier, who's his scene partner, is also come on, Larry. get up! Let's fuck it! Let's do it! Let's get on his feet! And like he at this point, he's like eighty years old.
0: Probably, yeah, it's later in his life for sure. And
2: so like Olivier is like trying to get up, playing the
0: old Nazi, right?
2: Trying to play in the old Nazi dentist. And so like he gets up and he's on his feet, but he's like hobbling, and he clearly is running out of breath. And at some point, like you could, he said, you could tell it was just Dustin being insecure about being in a room with Lawrence Olivier. And so Dustin wanted to get the advantage on his side. Right. And so he got it. It became physical. It became, let me wear him out. Let me, right. Until at some point at the end of it, like Lawrence Olivier, I almost said Fishburn, but whatever. Um, same
0: diff. Same diff. You get it. You, I mix those two up very easily.
2: Yeah. But he like lets out this like classic British Royal Shakespeare company trained yell. My
0: dear boy kind of thing.
2: Sort of my dear boy, but also like, you know, shouting from the rafters that are literally shaking because he's shouting of like, we're done with this bullshit <laughs> really yeah And like he just, shut it down he shut it down it's like i get what you're trying to do and i understand it and i respect your process but i'm lawrence olivier and uh that and so i have to imagine to have that, that kind of confidence to have that kind of like you know what dear boy i don't have to do this shit anymore Um, So I wonder if there's that, like, you know, not to say that Meryl is in any way a diva and not to say that any of the other actresses were in any way defensive about her presence. Right. But there's definitely a power dynamic there that I'm sure one has to recognize when you sign on to a Meryl
0: Streep joint. Well, and that's used to be your joint. Even if it was your joint, (laughs) that's the thing. It's like, I'm sure they were all like, what a coup. And we're all, it's like everybody's dream to work with uh, Meryl Streep, every actor or actress. But once the game begins, man, it's like, Fuck like being on the ice with gretzky Mm -hmm. um fuck man what a master especially
2: when gretzky just gets traded to your team and then it's abundantly clear this is now gretzky's team
0: it's true (laughs) oh my god they're the la kings (laughs) i had no idea i'm gonna watch that through this prism when i go home (laughs) keep bugging my wife going like all right so that one's like robita luke (laughs) robita and that one's like anyway
2: it's like that's Nicole Kidman, Kevin. I know who that is. <laughs> Maybe
0: to you, but she's the Luke Robitaille of my heart. <laughs> um, before we dive into, oh, this is apropos or nothing. But before we dive into the news, did you ever hear the Blazing Saddles story about? Like I just watched this thing on YouTube. Hmm. Hats off, Entertainment made it. So, like they had a video up about a Blazing Saddles tele a sitcom. No. Called Black Bart, starring Ooh. Louis Gossett Jr. Did they shoot said thing? Four seasons of it. What? Four seasons of it, but only one episode has ever been seen. It aired once uh, on TV and then nothing else. They made Warner Brothers. This is a fascinating fucking story. Uh, They're making Blazing Saddles. Mm -hmm. It's going well. Looks like it's going to be a hit. Mel Brooks puts in his contract. sees that Warner Brothers be like, oh, we're going to do Blazing Saddles, too. And he's like, "Uh uh-uh, not without me. And maybe never. He was that guy. So he goes, he puts in a contract. They can't make a Blazing Saddles 2 unless they put a Blazing Saddles sitcom into production. Um, And, you know, he was like, that's never going to be possible. (laughs) You could never, even now you couldn't do, like, unless you were on a streamer, Mm -hmm. even for like, but CBS, NBC or ABC, you couldn't do, blazing saddles without editing it severely and stuff so mel brooks thought like this is a perfect little fuck you and perfect way to stop any sequels with or without them because he's like they're never going to do it and they you know blazing saddles came out huge success there was no sitcom so all's well that ends well three six years later something like that studio Tells Mel Brooks that they're making Blazing Saddles 2 and they're going to make a series of Blazing Saddles movies. And Mel Brooks is like, I've been waiting for this moment. And (laughs) so he pulls out his contract and says, it's right there. It says, you guys can't make a Blazing Saddles sequel unless you put a Blazing Saddles sitcom into production. And Mel Brooks said they took him into a viewing booth and showed him three episodes of a show called Black Bart <laughs> that was a spin off or just a continuation of, of the Blazing Saddle story. Mm. And based on the contract, based on the language of the contract, it said that they have to produce the series, it didn't say they had to air the series. So just to fuck him and keep the rights for making blazing saddle sequels they secretly made four seasons of a show called black bart only ever airing one episode the pilot episode
2: (laughs) what i don't understand is why you make four seasons is that what the contract i guess to make four seasons why keep going
0: yeah like Like, like, you really could have opened up like one half season and been like ta-da you could have shut one it's, one it's a it's a quadruple fuck you <laughs> it's like you know not only did we make a show uh to fuck your contract we made four seasons of it and no one's ever gonna see it <laughs> fucking crazy we Bought louis Casa jr nine houses <laughs> by being the star of the show that's we, what i'm saying all the you know who else worked on it? it was steve landisberg who was on barney miller um he was like uh the one guy who was always sleeping and he was like what are you talking about like that guy he was on it i guess he took like gene wilder's kind of place or something like that but let's say you're on that show i mean you know they probably didn't shoot it over four years they probably did it like you gotta take a hiatus or or they just probably did it back to back to back and Mm. shit because after about year three and you're on that show wouldn't you be like hey When's this going to be on? Where's my billboard on Sunset Boulevard? (laughs) My mom wants to watch it. We have a premiere party? We're on season three. What would they
2: like about season two? I feel like somebody desperately needs to ask Louis Gossett Jr. about
0: this. Right? Like, he's still... Like, hey... Do you think he was on the set of Watchmen talking to Damon Lindelof going, do you know once we made four <laughs> seasons of a show that nobody saw? I hope this don't happen to Watchmen. I, I will have to reach out to Damon and say, did he tell you about this shit? Because if he
2: didn't, can you ask him about this shit? Fascinating story.
0: I know. Uh, Mel Brooks apparently having the last laugh because they never made a blazing saddle sequel so they spent all that money making four seasons of a show to fuck them out of a sequel they didn't make (laughs) and that's hollywood that's mel brooks is a fucking i remember seeing some story
2: that drug because his birthday was like three or four days
0: ago and he's 90 something
2: 96 97 maybe and there's a story about because he was a producer on um um
0: elephant man elephant man yes he brought in david lynch
2: and his name wasn't on it anywhere. Like for that
0: reason, because his the, wife's name was on it, And Bancroft.
2: Yeah. And I think his company's name was on it, but I think he, he was like, I don't want. He people took like his name off it. He didn't
0: want people think like it was a comedy.
2: But there's a story about how they had a test screening for Paramount execs, and yeah. uh, and they they saw the movie, and it's you know it begins with a very kind of like avant-garde, very like visually like out there kind of montage, just establishing the world. And the notes came back from the executive saying, hey, uh, we would like to lose this front half. We feel like it's too confusing and disorienting for
0: an audience. It was a impressionistic, uh, right. film school-y, arty, artsy, and, uh, beautiful and, movie.
2: And Mel's response to this was, um, listen, we're in business together. We're working on a cooperative venture. Um, and so we screened it to you as a courtesy so that you knew where we were in this venture. In no way should you misconstrue this screening as an invitation of your feedback. We will deliver you the movie we contracted to deliver you. You don't actually get a say in what that movie is. And I was like,
0: "Oh shit!" Well, he, the best part was the line he said: uh, "We don't, we, we, don't take advice from raging primitives." <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said to his bosses and shit. That's genius, yeah. man. Uh, uh, he just lost his buddy this week. Is that in the uh, news? Carl Reiner.
2: Well, it, it isn't because Carl Reiner, it's not
0: really in our genre. Not really but, in our
2: genre but, but we should talk about it. We should. It the
0: great Carl Reiner. Fuck. You want to talk about a life well lived, man? Yeah. He worked for, what, five, six decades in this Seven. business? He, Seven. He
2: started on, like, C- Sid Caesar's show-up shows with Mel Brooks at, like, 20-something years old and lived to be 98, I believe. Wow.
0: Big, beautiful life, man. Uh, like, you'd be lucky to do anything in life anyone remembers, let alone one of the greatest fucking comedy bits of all time. Uh, 2000 a 2,000-year-old year old man. man. He's the straight man in the bit. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. He anchors that bit so unbelievably well. You know, Mel's got the fucking showy mm-hmm. part. But to be one half of that, man, dream come true kind of shit. Like, yeah. And that was just one thing he did. One thing. There was this great story. I got to pull
2: it up because it was so adorable. This guy on the Twitter um, told a story about his father who uh, was the biggest uh your show of shows fan in the world. Mm. And uh and his father, like the, the funniest thing that he and his father would share was this story that like Charlton Heston was a guest on the show mm-hmm. and they were playing some like World War II spy thing. And uh and the 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 joke was um he was supposed to like, you know, somebody was supposed to go to this bar in whatever, like Germany and Berlin and ask for a beef stroganoff. And Mm -hmm. that was supposed to be the password so that you could get the papers. And so Charlton Heston shows up as the waiter, is like, can I take your order? He says, yes, I'm looking for beef stroganoff. And Charlton Heston says, I am beef stroganoff. Like, and that's the joke. It's silly and slapsticky, whatever, but he and his brother thought that it was the funniest thing in the world. Um, Except that they couldn't remember if it was um, beef stroganoff or sour brat. And that became this like dividing wedge between his father and his uncle. And so, 50 years later, you know, his father's been, like, the biggest, like, you know, Carl Reiner fan since forever, like, knew all of his stuff, knew all of his shtick, watched every movie. Carl Reiner writes a book and has a, a signing in New York. And uh, so his dad, like, literally, like, goes up there and, and waits in line and finally gets to Carl Reiner and says, hey, Mr. Reiner, I just, like, I wrote you this letter, um, but I know you're not going to have a lot of time. I just wanted to know, like, could you tell me if it was beef stroganoff or if it was sauerbrotten? And he's like, young man, I don't remember that was 60 years ago but thank you very much and he signs his book and whatever and then like a couple of months later there's a call that comes into his father's house and it's like it's uh it's Carl Reiner's on the phone for you Mm. and uh and he's like okay and misses the call but Carl Reiner calls back and says yeah um I got your letter like really lovely stuff you wrote and I was very moved by it and I just happened to be here with Mel Brooks and Sid Caesar and let's figure it out and so, like out of nowhere, this guy gets a phone call from three of his like lifelong idols that he grew idols, up watching, that they he grew up love. writing, and just loved, and they it's meant beautiful. everything to him. And like, call ran, I was like, well, fuck it, let's call this guy. And they're on the phone for like a half an hour, and it was the best moment of his dad's life.
0: That right? like,
2: that guy just like out of nowhere decided I'm gonna give this dude a call and rock his fucking world.
0: That was beautiful. Yeah class act but
2: yeah. i don't know who the guy's name was
0: <laughs> um you know what it's like it's like one of jesus's parables they didn't have names either <laughs> <laughs> they worked everyone yeah. remembers those matthew
2: stories. rosenberg
0: oh right, there you go he's actually a comic book writer now you made it real oh that's a real story
2: yeah it's a real story like that <laughs>
0: once that i dude's... found out he's a comic book writer i'm like hey everybody shut up yes. <laughs> hold on
2: this is for real this is this guy up. matters <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right ladies yeah. and gentlemen so maybe some news we should, but uh, but rest in peace, Carl Reiner. Yeah, it's heartbreaking to see Rob Reiner's, yeah, tweet. Like yeah. you know, I mean, I, of course, '98, nobody complaining. Mm-mm. Fuck, what a what a run, but you know, yeah, he had his dad for fucking all that time for as old yeah. as he is, and he's got to be pushing. He's probably in his seventies. Got to be right. Yeah, late sixties,
2: early seventies. Um, but yeah, and there was a great. So tweet. weird
0: to like we don't know those people, but we know those people and their family. Mm-hmm like dynamic or whatever the fuck or like it's it's a strange thing like knowing other people's business
2: yeah like uh 73
0: 73 73 rob reiner is 73 yeah well i mean look if i'm him right now i'm like i got another 25 years yeah
2: princess bride too
0: (laughs) (laughs) his dad had longevity on his side um
2: yeah, and there was a great—I think it was like the last picture that that went out for, for when Carl Reiner passed away was a shot of him and his daughter and Mel Brooks. They went to Mel's house for his birthday, right. and they're all wearing like Black Lives Matter T-shirts, and like he was just—he was trying to hang on to see uh, the results of the twenty twenty election. But
0: um, what a bummer what when I he bummer. passed. When I read that, I thought of my father because he was like, my father loved Carl Reiner. Made him laugh and stuff. Mm. And then, so when you're a kid, how you learn what is funny is by older people laughing at shit. Mm. <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, that's that's funny. I understand. So, like, he's in my DNA, my comedic DNA a little bit because my old man found him funny. Mm. I remember him making me watch that 2,000-year-old man bit when I was too young to understand it. Um, and then later in life, when I was way more into comedy, I was like, oh, my God it's masterful wordplay i get it now yeah yeah, yeah. um all right well rest in peace carl reiner indeed hey man it's me kevin smith would you like to wake and bake with me like three times a week uh would you like to hear me talk to my wife about intimate details about our personal life which in 21 years of being married ain't really all that exciting anymore would you like to hear all the old episodes of fat man on batman where i used to sit down and record one-on-one interviews with people and stuff uh do you want to listen to old episodes of jane silent bob get old there's one place where you got to go man join me at that kevin smith club that's right if you go to that kevin you can join as a clerk or a mall rat or a yoga hoser or a fun employee, man. There's all different levels, uh, but you get access to really cool stuff, including cartoons nobody sees anymore, uh, stand-up specials nobody's ever seen, movies people don't get to see anymore. It's all right there in the Smithsonian screening room, man, and the uh, podcast library is deep, kids. It's deep, man, except for Hollywood Babylon. That's available at, over at The Ralph Report. So, for everything else, come to that thatkevinsmithclub.com, man, and we want to club you. Don't you want a club, Kevin Smith? Here's your chance. That Kevin Smith club.com. Uh,
2: so before we get to the news proper, yeah, there was a thing that came across my desk because I have a desk that things come across, mm-hmm. um, like where, Mark
0: himself in uh, the, right across the desk. Yes, just, and then people walk in the room and they're like, Mark, Wah! pearls of news. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, there, they I have it on on pretty good authority. Yeah, that there exists in the Warner Brothers vault a 170 minute cut of Batman
0: Forever. 171 minute cut. All right. So let me do the math. How long is that? It's two and a half hours of Batman Forever. Joel yeah. Schumacher's Batman, Batman Forever. Yeah,
2: Joel Schumacher's Batman Forever. What was, was missing? Was, um, I think that it went much deeper into his sort of childhood psychosis and his mental blocks and. I think it was a more serious, like darker version of that movie. Wow! Um, that you know, there was the first one of the first assemblies that Joel apparently filed to the studio, and they eventually cut it down because they're like, "It's too dark for kids." Remember yeah,
0: the they're reason why we're coming off Batman Returns?
2: We got to sell these happy meals, so maybe let's not invest ourselves in the trauma of childhood murder. All right? Um, we got Jim Carrey. Yeah, let him do Ace some. Hey, Ventura's here, man. <laughs> um, but said source was like. Do you think people would be interested in watching this version of it? Like in, in a world in which we are now apparently getting every version of every movie that's ever been made, yes. do you think they would want it? You know that? why?
0: Because the audience is now sophisticated enough to understand, like, you know, cut footage. Mm-hmm. Back, you know, before Laserdisc and uh, and DVD, perhaps, you know, a lot more people were just like ignorant of it and studios didn't want to show this stuff, Even you know, have people be like, these are mistakes, whatever the fuck. But now... You know, we've had so many behind-the-scenes, so many cut footage collections on DVDs and laser discs, and every form of media. Like, people are savvy. They completely understand. You can show people a work print, and they'll get it. It doesn't lose anything, particularly with old shit. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, man, like, fuck The it- effects aren't done. Yeah. <laughs> and, and also, like, this is a movie that's proven itself, made a bunch of money. It lived its life and stuff. And in a world where, you know... Joel Schumacher just passed away. Mm -hmm. What an interesting, wonderful testimony that would be to his work. You get to see a whole different version of Batman Forever. So I think you could totally do that and people would go for it and get it. Nobody would Mm -hmm. be like, why'd you bother? doesn't cost that much no it's not a movie that you need to spend you know tens of
2: millions of dollars to restore or refurbish or finish CG on like it's Mm-mm. it's probably you know it, it will need to be like color timed and, and all that stuff and maybe a new score needs to be written for that extra half an hour of content yeah, but
0: just cut and paste the rest of the score yeah
2: but it doesn't seem reuse
0: like cues it's an
2: impossible task so if it's a thing that you out there think you might be interested in not that I am in any way responsible for with a conduit too um, but just at an information gathering. Um, tweet, um, hashtag release the 20,000 cut
0: and uh, why 20,000? You remember why?
1: Oh, oh, oh that's <laughs> right.
0: My god, I forgot about that legend. I did go home and tell my wife <laughs> last week. She was like, Why do you care? I was like, That do the fucking math. I was like, <laughs> could, I, I said, Look, we have been together for years, I think we have a fairly active sex life. You and i don't fuck that much like that 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 means somebody had to fuck once a day for 300 and like fucking 40 days straight mm-hmm. was, and she was like you're right that is a lot leave me alone <laughs> she wasn't as interested as we were i'll be honest with you made me yeah. want to come back here and be like well i'm gonna go hang out with the guys talk about how huge yeah. that number is right but
2: also like having that much sex with your wife who you've been with for a while there's no longer the pursuit and the hunt and the chase and the courtship and all of that shit involved
0: i mean when you're working on twenty thousand, all that shit's compressed into the what (laughs) 10 minutes (laughs) (laughs) the hunt the fucking how you doing yeah 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 Uh, there's not a lot of time for romance in there i don't believe there is um (laughs) somewhere thankfully my wife doesn't watch this show because she'd be going fuck you mark bernardin <laughs> he's very romantic no she's going because like, you're like yeah hey, fuck your wife 330 times a year who gives a shit <laughs> you know any, anyone could do that i'm like yeah <laughs> <laughs> really teach me how
2: <laughs> i gotta limber up a lot apparently
0: some breathing exercises <laughs> now I'm pulling a schumacher fuck Woo. that's that's commitment to an art form
2: it really is um, so yes, release the twenty thousand cut. If you're, if it's a thing that you is would. Is twenty
0: thousand uh, written out as a number or letters? It's uh, kind of awkward. Th- I
2: think it's the numbers.
0: Like twenty thousand leagues under the sea. I think it's it's numbers, numerical. Um.
2: Yeah. 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 Fair enough. Does that does that pass the walrus?
0: Yes. It does. Uh, <laughs> it does pass walrus. Yes, must, muster. I was just thinking if there's another hashtag like Schumacher Uncut. Or something like that, <laughs> but twenty thousand still works. Because the story wasn't about how big his dick was. No, the story was about how, how? much he used it. <laughs>
2: how, how how
0: efficient his dick yeah, was. Yeah, boy, that's numbers, sheer numbers. Oh. him Ooh. and Meryl Streep are two modern miracles.
2: <laughs> how many dudes you think she's had sex with?
0: Just her husband.
2: You think so? I mean,
0: they've been married for like a long time. Yeah, but they mean before then i don't know she's too committed to the craft (laughs) you know what i'm saying she's studying the craft i feel like we should have somebody ask her that too joel schumacher before he passed the difference with joel is he volunteered that information
2: he did yes
0: (laughs) yeah i feel like that's a hard question (laughs) at a junket to try and
2: hey so meryl
0: I know that you're having a really good time on this Mamma Mia three, but Before we, before I say anything else, I just want to ask you, do you know Joel Schumacher? <laughs> Have you heard the Joel Schumacher story? Are you familiar with Joel Schumacher and or Wilt Chamberlain? Um, look, back off Meryl Streep, man. I know. She's my Jersey girl, as I said earlier. She could big little lie her way out of that question. Oh, shit. Well done. Brought it back. Ah. She's a pretty little liar. Yes. Um, She's not. That's a completely different (laughs) show. (laughs) Tell me I'm not wrong, though. Pretty little liars, little fires everywhere, big little lies. Yeah. No, it's a bad run. You don't have to be like fucking Eminem to make a rap Mm -hmm. out of that. All three of those Mm -hmm. rhymes. Yeah. I'm not obviously I'm not dropping that hot 16 <laughs> right here, so I'm not as good as that. But
2: it's the they're, they're all the like Dylan McDermott, Dermot Mulrooney of <laughs> TV show titles. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> Kinda. Of. That's absolutely right.
0: Um all right, what yeah. else we got?
2: Real news. So hey, Ray Fisher, you remember the cat, right?
0: Oh, what do you mean? For, <laughs> wait, let is this. Let's let's bury this lead.
2: You want to bury this lead? This
0: should be the last story. Okay. Let's we, get through the rest of the news because this was a barn burner. Oh, it was fun. Yeah, it, this was this this rarely happens in the business, so let's save it for last. Okay. Because it'll be a delicious. Let's, let's go through all the aperitifs.
2: <laughs> it'll be a little uh, a little, little chef's kiss at the end. Totally. The let's blow through wow.
0: dessert and then we'll have them bring us the yeah. plant based filet mignon. <laughs> Did you see? I read an article about how. There's a company that figured out a way, this sounds gross, but to three D print a plant based steak. I mean they say it sure. looks and cuts like like the real thing and tastes pretty good right out of your epson <laughs> <laughs> like what kind of ink do you need to that's, print a 3d steak what a world we live in that's jetsons type shit where they'd press a button and food
2: would appear and that shit. is that is some like yeah that's some star trek fucking like i would like an earl gray hot and it's brrrring, the replicator yes. just shows up <laughs> yes <sighs> boy yeah uh, okay hey next story yeah uh did so you save that we're coming back to oh that. we're coming back to that now that's 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 face down that's like the whole card yes <laughs> <laughs> we'll flip that at the end <laughs> the whole card um did you ever play the video game fallout are you familiar with said video
0: game? i'm familiar with that i've never played it though um it is it's a long running did series. atari make it if atari uh, 2600 didn't make it i probably didn't play
2: it uh it, it did not they did not no it's from a company called bethesda um it's a sort of post-apocalyptic, what happens after a nuclear war, and mm-hmm. you know, it's a little road warrior, also a little like the vision of the future from the 40s and 50s, that kind of like retro prefab art deco, but what if it had been all nuclear the holocausty devastationy? Right. And it's about a guy who's just trying to survive and figure out you know, who he is and why he is one of the few to survive, and he lost a bunch of time, and it becomes a whole conspiracy thing or whatever. But It's, it's a game? It's a
0: game. It's very plot-oriented.
2: Uh, you know, some of the good ones are. Yeah, I guess so. Some of the good ones are. I know. just grew up
0: with games where it's like Pitfall, where you went from one place to another. I'm going to jump over this shit.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm going to jump over that shit.
0: <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe I'll swing this time.
2: Yeah, you know what? There's a Kong at the top of this fucking tower. I'm going to dock my way up there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what's coming. You can see it all. Yeah, here come barrels. So wait, is this becoming a movie? It's becoming a TV show from the Westworld creators, uh, jo- Jonah Nolan and his wife, Lisa Joy. Oh shit! Our direct to series order on Amazon. They're gonna spend all the money because that's all Amazon does to spend all the fucking money, which they'll need to because it's a big world. Is and, it? Yeah, and it's all based. It's in America, so like there's sequences where you're going to Boston and New York and and what that would look like in a in a ravaged sort of nuclear wasteland filled with like marauders and all kinds of shit. But it's it's great.
0: There's another video game that's getting a movie, big movie treatment with what's his name. Um, uh you know, the guy that did uh um uh, fuck, oh my god, Eli Roth. Oh, He's really? doing some big video game animation as well oh. or adaptation as well. And then there's a game called The Rest of Us or The, last of, the us. last of us. The Last of Us. That's Craig also And that's that. going HBO. That's going HBO. Do you remember when like people were like video game movies are, <laughs> they're gonna rock? And oh then man, Super Mario Brothers. Woo boy,
2: wing commander!
0: But these new games, like since they're story oriented, sound like they could lend themselves more to.
2: Yeah, and they're story oriented, and I think there's just there's more, and they're character oriented. Mm. So you can build, you know, enough story attached to those characters. It'll make it a different experience, even if you're following some of the same plot beats, in a way that you couldn't really do with like Mario and Luigi. Like, what do they want?
0: Right. What are they looking for? I want to see a whole movie about Kubert and his needs. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean they keep threatening to make a Halo TV show, um, which may or may not ever happen.
0: What is and that is another game. but What is, is it game. about?
2: It's a it's about a sort of futuristic. It's like a Master Moline. Chief or yeah, something. Master like that. Chief is, is the main character, and there's a whole like alien invasion plot line, and and. Like, vast interstellar battles and shit and it's super cool that sounds doable it's super doable except that again the main character's story is so it's a first person shooter so like there's no real narrative there about who this person is and it's hard to build a show around somebody who's not really there true um but yes for stuff like the last of us for stuff like fallout you know there's definitely a a path to making that shit pretty good and the westworld folks you know they know what they're doing
0: they do when
2: it comes to like are they done with westworld um, I
0: if don't they're starting know. this they must be right
2: i don't know i don't know i don't know if HBO's announced that they're making another season or not um and i never finished watching this current third season did you Is ever that right yeah did you ever dig in i
0: never went to two um, i finished with one and i was like that was good i am satisfied <laughs> no I, I just never i remember when two started i was preoccupied doing something else then all of a sudden people were like Look at three! It's quasi futuristic. It's like fucking season three. What happened to season two? <laughs> well, at this rate, uh, you'll get around to it, you know, next year. Uh, now that I'm watching Big Little Lies season two, everywhere. Big Little Fires, fires everywhere. Um, I'll probably get to that. Uh,
2: it's it's waiting for you on the HBO Max. I'll watch it anytime you want it. I'll be there.
0: I'll be there.
2: Um, of the things that I did not expect to see in the same headline uh, this week, yeah, um,
0: Jason Momoa. <laughs> I saw those.
2: And ones. Frosty the Snowman were not two things that I expected to see.
0: I saw a tweet about this, and I honestly thought it was connected to the first story <laughs> that we were going to do, because I thought it was had something to do with Ray Fisher's tweet or something like that. Well, um, a
2: couple of the names cross over.
0: That's what it was. The yeah. producer, John Berg or something, yes. he was the guy that was at Warner Brothers that's called out in mm-hmm. Ray Fisher's tweet. It uh, was Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns is involved with the Frosty movie? Mm-hmm um i mean look i ain't fucking shitting on anything like go go nuts and if you're gonna get somebody to play frosty why not fucking jason momoa frosty, frosty.
2: should be very enthusiastic to be frozen and i would just like him to just my man
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> Woo! Snowballs! I mean, it sounds a little bit like jack frost right like oh, yeah. didn't we see this what kind of to some degree suck
2: my snowballs
0: who's making it um Warner Brothers is making it, I
2: believe. Let me blah, 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 blah. I on. think it was the other paper over there. Son of one. a bitch. I put another card in the whole card.
0: <laughs> yeah, Warner Brothers and Stampede Ventures. Together. Warner Brothers, the yeah. studio that made four seasons of <laughs> <a> Blazing Saddle <laughs> spinoff that nobody ever saw. I have to get to the bottom of that. <laughs> I for real have to. It reminds me so
2: much of, because it's happened a bunch of times when Roger Corman made a Fantastic Four movie that it was never going to distribute, simply to keep the rights to it. Yep. And there was a, I want to say it was Wheel of Time or, or, or some Ringworld kind of thing, but there was a pilot for a TV show that aired on FX at 2 o'clock in the morning.
0: And that counted.
2: That counted. It was like, we shot it, we aired it, we fulfilled our contractual obligations, so now it's still ours for another however many years. It's got to hurt. Yeah. No, it's As crazy. As the
0: person who sold the thing to them, you must be like, oh, yeah, they got me. They yeah. Mel brooks me. They
2: brooks to me. <laughs> I got brooks um, But yeah, so Jason Momoa, uh, written by David Berenbaum, who worked on Elf. He was one of the screenwriters of Elf. Well, so, like, All right, yeah. so
0: there you go. If you're going to make a Christmas movie, go for the guy that made the Christmas movie that stood the test of time. People yeah, love indeed. that fucking Elf movie. It is one of the... What's well, few- not to love? It's adorable.
2: Yeah. But it's one of the few sort of like modern holiday fables that yeah. like, it has it achieved. like yeah, Christmas a, story. A modern
0: day Christmas classic. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, The Road to Iron Man.
2: hmm Yeah, that plus Zathura equals Iron, Iron
0: Man. Man. But yeah. uh, Favreau, he's very talented.
2: And I, it's so hard because you can't, there's no way to know when you're making a movie like that. Oh, no, no, this is going to be the one that people will go back to
0: every fucking year. Look who you're talking to. I mean, I I didn't make a holiday classic, but you're talking to Mr. Mallrats. Mm -hmm. Like, you know these cats, when they made that movie Elf, they were just like, they were happy when it came out because it did all the business in the moment, but I doubt they felt it would have legs. Yeah. And then yet it is, like right up there with Christmas Story at this point.
2: Yeah, and trying to figure out what that formula is. Like, I think about that a lot, not that I think about Christmas songs all that much, but it's like every Christmas song sounds basically the same. It's mm. some like kind of jumpy ballad with bells in the background. And that's Very all true. you need to be Christmas. So what separates every new one from All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey, which is like the last great, indelible Christmas song. Like how, you, how the audience decides what is going to be the one we go back to. How the audience decides that I want Elf and not Rise of the Guardians right. to be my new jam. You know, like they're both good holiday movies. They're both strong holiday movies. But one is going to be on TBS for the end of time. And the other is like, hey, cool. It's on HBO every Christmas. The
0: difference maker it. is Will Ferrell.
2: Apparently. Maybe.
0: Maybe. Also, it's a cool story. Elf was a cute story. I mean, it's like Splash. Like Elf worked the same way Splash worked. In mm. fact, Elf, very similar to Splash when you think yeah. about it. Um,
2: Fish out of water.
0: Yeah. That's that- what we should be doing. That's what your fucking Cinderella thing was <laughs> that you gave away for free. We could have had our own fucking Christmas classic. God damn it. Not too late. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Life is long. Life is long.
2: That's his memory.
0: Um, hey. Well, uh, we, can, we can come up with something right now. A, a very a COVID Christmas. <laughs> and <laughs> Where, we just call it Zoom. <laughs> yes, everybody just by Zoom in it. A, a Zoom Christmas. Singing carols via Zoom.
2: I mean, then there's the version of that that goes straight to like the Hallmark Channel. And then there's a version of that that will be played forever and ever and ever.
0: That's true. It so. depends. It depends on uh, what kind of tech you got going on. Mm-hmm. You know, like some movies get kind of dated by their tech right. or lack thereof and stuff. Um, I'm I'm sorry, I got hung up on the Hallmark movie thing. I was sitting, suddenly I went on a flight of fancy where I was like, would I like to make one of them Hallmark movies? Seems mm-hmm. kind of easy. They make a lot of. They them. move, they, and I'm not putting it down by saying it seems easy, but they're very like. You know, fucking sentimental and nostalgic and shit.
2: You know, they're they're fun to
0: do it. Just to try, see if you could pull that off.
2: I mean, you remember when speaking of Will Ferrell, when he made like a lifetime like murder mystery movie? Yeah, he was like, you know what? Fuck it, I want to try this. I want to see if I can do it. I want to see if I can do it. Like, there's a formula to it, and if you hit these beats, the audience will show up. And if you can bring anything else to it and still satisfy those
0: desires, then it's a fucking hit. The sun and lockdown thing for me was just like. Oh, I like I've been watching sitcoms my whole life. I don't even have to do twenty two minutes. I just have to do five minutes. That's it? I think I could do that. Like there's something to be said for a formula.
2: Yeah. If you can tell a seventy five minute romance that's set in a small town where there's a big city person and a little town person, they both come together and they have to celebrate a holiday where I don't know, maybe there's a sick kid or a sick mom and or a reindeer who's lost and like, yeah.
0: I was gonna say you need some sort of fantastical element.
2: Right. You know, and of course the big city, small town could be I'm from the North Pole and my dad is Santa Claus.
0: I think they've done that a few times. Doesn't matter. Do it again. My mom Santa Claus. Hey. Fucking doing that shit. <laughs> now, we're, now we're talking. Anti-sanity Claus. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I don't know. We should look into that. It'd be fun to go pitch one at the very least. Right. Go, like, pitch a Hallmark movie and have them be like, you guys serious? I'm like, no, totally.
2: For real. No, it's a romance about an angel and a demon. Who are falling in love
0: and i wonder if we could sell that because i would totally legit make that movie
2: like a for real romantic comedy between an angel and a demon set in like Hills crossing texas or some shit like that
0: Oof. couldn't do that it's gotta be connecticut, connecticut. <laughs> seems like all those movies are set in connecticut or did
2: you see there was a new story i don't know why i'm a, i'm like mr digression also and i'm not baked at all a <laughs> it's new contact time about this uh this this two people were killed in murder kill river and it's like, who's naming a like murder kill? Let's talk about this name for a second. That's where you said your romantic comedy, like on the shores of Murderkill River.
0: That's true. Two people
2: find love. It used to be called Whore Kill, and that apparently was not cool. And so they changed it to Murder Kill.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. Are you shitting me?
2: No. Because America, man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's so crazy that they're like, I mean, well, first off, let's not even touch why it was called Whore Kill in the first <laughs> place. But like so weird that they're like, we gotta get rid of that. That sounds bad. Mm. What else can we call it? Murder kill. Like, all right, I can live with that. Those are two of my favorite things. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Murdering and killing. Look, like, man, I tell you, this podcast, is too close
2: to Batman. We gotta change the name. Murder Kill. Murder Kill. <laughs> murder Kill
0: beyond. <laughs> we get a cease and desist from the fuck murder kill. Yes. Uh oh no, that's fuck Mary Kill
2: because well, yeah we that's... could
0: put a new game out called fuck murder kill fuck where me. it's just like you only get to pick one person <laughs> and the other two people you got off
2: yeah or murder death kill i think that's what it was murder, and uh death, <laughs> don't demolition man we've got a murder death kill like, why do you need three words for the same thing <laughs>
0: it's also like here are your options murder death <laughs> kill okay like wait well Death could be gentle. Yeah, slow death. Like, oh no. Yeah, like, a, like,
2: like a deep fade into the ether. Yeah. No, no. Do
0: I die of old age? <laughs> Slowly?
2: Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but in
0: that, if somebody offers you murder, kill, death, mm. choose death because it could, like, that's yeah. murder is very yeah, it's specific. Hard. Kill yeah. is also specific, but death, it's coming for all of us. I know. So you that's could so. play that card. You could be like the tuna that's trying to wriggle <laughs> out of the talons. <laughs> of the fucking eagle at the last minute it makes no sense but uh-huh. you're like this might work i got this i see water or maybe he was just like maybe i could fly <laughs> <laughs> never been up this high before <laughs> I might have, can't look at what it the fucking Me expression and these, <laughs> when you fucking like uh can't hurt now <laughs> he's got i got nothing yes. he's got high, high hopes, hopes. he got these got, little wings he's got the bigger wings tuna in the rims. sky up uh,
1: high all
2: right yes more news yeah let's get more news. <laughs> um there's gonna be were you a teenage Mutant ninja turtles fan
0: um i mean yeah I've, yes but not like ardent no. but like i or did resp- you
2: buy the comics when they first came i out? had
0: the uh i had these been layered black and white mm-hmm. at one point one of them they were expensive fucking books those were big wall books yeah. and stuff um and i watched some of the cartoon although i was like way older at that point uh but the toys were i was already grown up when the toys happened but i have nothing but respect for the for the turtles i always love the fact that their origin is deeply tied to daredevil's origin mm-hmm. all of it is like daredevil country uh, they were big fans of frank miller's daredevil run and so teenage mutant ninja turtles uh, origin the ooze you know fucking mm-hmm. that that turned them into the turtles was the radioactive isotope that blinded matt murdoch that mm-hmm. falls down the sewer so i was always like that's so fucking metal
2: instead of the hand it was the foot it was
0: the foot clan <laughs> um and it's just so strange like marvel never went after him or anything like i guess of, ultimately when they did the cartoon mm-hmm. they altered enough where obviously you couldn't tie it to daredevil but and even when they did the black and white they weren't like daredevil but it was just mm-hmm. they were fans yeah who were like oh, we'll reference the thing we love and they became richer oh yes than everyone involved with daredevil ever
2: it's like all right so daredevil's mentor was stick and so ours is going to be splinter. splinter it's uh yeah see and
0: that's why we work so hard <laughs> <laughs> all we need to do is go find something we like change the names make them turtles and rats and we're all good well, it's like uh it's like this it's isn't like an elf like formula we have to crack
2: it's space it's, it's mel brooks basically it's like hey you know what uh sure you could be a uh, barf and not uh chewbacca and you could be all comes back yogurt. to
0: mel mel brooks doesn't
2: it? it yes the the cinematic mad
0: magazine of our youth oh my god he was mm. remember seeing history of the world part one it's good to be the king <laughs> it's so funny right, jumps queen on jumps queen um. What do we got? Uh. So yes, Tina's been into turtles. Yeah. Oh, uh, Seth Rogen going to do Seth this. Seth Rogen is Evan as well. They do uh, everything together, don't they? They do
2: indeed. yeah Seth and Evan are in, are involved. They are producing.
0: Not writing or anything.
2: Um. They are not writing. They have. Let's see who. Blah 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 blah. Jeff Rowe, who did Gravity Falls, is directing, and Brendan O'Brien, um, who did Neighbors, Sorority Rising, Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates, is going to write the screenplay. Um. And it's full CG um paramount is heating up their nickelodeon animation and they're doing it for them
3: mm-hmm.
2: and um yeah fuck it like
0: more turtles
2: more on a heroes on a half shell look turtle we, power
0: we like you and i will be on our deathbeds and there'll, there'll be another incarnation of the turtles coming like they're never gonna let that die because no. boy oh boy what a cash cow it was at one point point. and obviously every time they do it somebody makes some loot from it because they keep fucking telling this story yeah I
2: don't know. I don't know what the demographics are for TMNT. Me neither. Anymore. Me neither. Because like, got to be little kids. I mean, you'd think, but like maybe it's one of those like generationally renewing things where like if they put out a thing every generation, like oh yeah, it's green fucking ninjas. How is that not a thing that I'm down for? Yeah, that's true. They um, eat pizza.
0: Fuck yeah, they do. Like and they're guy. just edgy enough for a <laughs> child. You know what right. I'm saying? Your as a parent, you're like, all right, they play with weapons and they fight crime and they eat pizza and they listen to their. <laughs> fucking boss splinter or whatever or a uh splinter
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know these are good morals for my kid
2: yeah and it's also like it's three teenagers kind of bristling against authority yeah knows that you know splinter knows what's right then you know fucking leonardo's not sure if he can be the leader and donnie's the rebel and whatever like it's it makes sense it sounds like
0: you watched a lot more than i ever did
2: fucking <laughs> <laughs> donnie's the rebel
0: leo's the heartthrob
2: oh Raphael, he's a too fucking loner
0: um the uh the so there'll be more turtles yes turtles feature film CG can't stop them turtles, coming
2: man. soon no you can't you can't
0: stop uh, that Bets shit. on april o'neill and then casey jones returning uh I- Categories like horror or action. Do you have a
2: Jarvis? (laughs) (laughs) What
0: the fuck was that about? Good Lord.
2: Well, because if you're going to have Siri and you can customize her voice, why would you not make her fucking sexy British, you know, virtual assistant?
0: Very true. Why did she come to life and start talking? I think
2: maybe I clicked. She's like,
0: Mark and wind up your show. (laughs) It's time to come home. The
2: internet is tired. (laughs) 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 They want to go to their homes. Um, Yeah, I don't know why. Siri just decided she wanted to be part of the show.
0: That was a maximum overdrive moment. (laughs) No shit. My watch is going to steal my hand. And we're going to see the big truck with the Green Goblin's face on it. Yeah, we will. The best part of that movie. Uh, Um, At any rate, um, more Beavis and Butthead is
2: coming. Mike Judge just signed for a two-season deal.
0: Oh, I'm game for that. I mean, I guess it's going to Comedy Central. Yes. So it's not going to be them watching videos going, probably not since there are no more videos. Right. So it sounds like you'll be actually doing adventures, probably more like the movie.
2: I think so. You know,
0: it's it's I'm all for it. I met that guy Mike Judge twenty three years ago and I still remain impressed by his character. Mm. Never seen him since, man, but I liked him so much and he was so like, Oh shucks, you know, considering he was the guy that did fucking Beavis and Butthead, he was a real sweet dude.
2: Yeah, but it seems as if he he uh he made the version of Hollywood that he wanted it to be. You know, and it's like, you know what? This will be the way I do it. I'm going to make Beavis and Butthead for a bunch of years. I'm going to make King of the Hill for a bunch of years. I'm going to go off and do Silicon Valley for a bunch of years. Mm. And then, like, surround myself with people that I like who seem to be cool and aren't assholes, with the rare exceptions. You know, there's every now and again a, a bad apple gets in the bunch. Um, but he never seemed, he was a little bit George Lucas that way. Right? Mm. I think he's an Austin cat. And so I think that a lot of that stuff was based in Austin around him. It's like, I. I'm gonna bring the work to where I live and, and these are gonna be my values and here's I'm gonna make some shit and why why have it be shitty? Smart guy. Very smart guy.
0: Large pie, fry, coffee. It's <laughs> my Hank Hill. It's very kill.
2: Thank you. Nice. Um
0: yeah, so that boy ain't right. <laughs> no, that boy ain't right.
2: <laughs> Margot Roby has signed on to be a pirate of the Caribbean.
0: What? She can't be Harley Quinn and a pirate of the Caribbean. She can't be two things. Surely she can't. can't. She- Cheers! Cheers! uh that sounds like good, a good idea it took uh, hollywood a long time to come to the idea of an all-female pirate movie it uh it would seem to make a ton of sense you know is this disney doing it this is disney doing it it's and it a, is a pirates of the caribbean It's a
2: pirates of the caribbean movie it's not i think it's a spin-off of the mainline pirates movies because apparently now there's a pirate verse right because everything needs a verse um but uh so but, they've
0: known about jack uh jack sparrow jack
2: sparrow is probably a character in the world if not going to be a character in the drama gotcha um but yeah and like christina hudson who wrote
0: um bumblebee is writing the script They don't have a director yet but that bumblebee trailer made me cry it's it's actually still, a really
2: solid movie i
0: haven't watched the movie because i don't want it to like <laughs> fucking to not live anymore. up to the trailer but it sounds like it worked
2: yeah no it's a solid movie um and, yeah, there's tons of, like, awesome... There have to be tons of awesome female pirate stories out there. They're like, why couldn't you tell that fucking story? Real
0: real ones, too. Yeah.
2: And to be fair, like, the original trilogy, or Heptology, however many pirates they made, right. the first three are about Elizabeth Swann. Like yeah. She's ultimately the main character.
0: Try wearing a corset. Mm-hmm. Remember that? That was yeah. in every TV spot. Pretty much. And she gives
2: the big fucking, like, you know, victory speech at the end of, of the third movie to kick you into the third gear, where she... You know, he who bleeds today with me shall be my brother. Blah 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 blah.
0: So yeah, like they, there's. I remember a, a lot about them pirates movies. The first one's really good. It is it really is the good. The first one's
2: a legit good movie. I remember less about the other ones. The second one I kind of like. The third one,
0: eh? I remember when they remember when they were making it? Everyone was like, ugh, fucking this ain't gonna work. Who wants fucking pirates? The haunted mansion movie didn't work. This ain't gonna work. <laughs> and then it fucking worked like crazy. Hell yeah!
2: Um, remember when um. Dark Horse used to publish um, Predator comics I do That was
0: their fucking bread and butter It was And those Aliens books Those were wall books Way back in the day Man I had them And uh, They were part of my collection When I sold my collection To make Clerks Mm. So yeah I remember Dark Horse That was their When you thought of Aliens You thought of Dark Horse When you thought of Predator You thought of Dark Horse When you thought of Aliens Versus Predator I think they might have done it In Dark Horse first I think they did Before it was an actual movie
2: and so whenever Alien or Predator would cross over with Batman or whatever... It was with dark horse. dark horse.
0: Um, You're about to tell me that the world has changed. The world has changed in a, in a predictable way. We know why, don't we? We do
2: indeed. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, Disney bought Fox, and with Fox comes the licenses for Aliens and Predator. And,
0: and rather than renew a Dark Horse, they were like, "No, we'll just take it from Marvel, thank yeah, you. you. know,
2: we have our own version of that that's... They
0: are circling the wagons, as they say. They really are.
2: You know the one that surprises me that hasn't happened yet? Indiana Jones. What do you mean? There are no Indiana Jones comics. There used to be. Marvel published them back in Back in the, in the day.
0: day. That's true.
2: But like that's that would seem to be a thing that if Marvel decided they wanted to publish, they could sell.
0: It's just crazy, man. They're like, no, we own this. We're good. Yeah. Nobody else it. needs to do this anymore. We got this. We're we'll put do in this. the vault. And or we'll make it through our own fucking comic book company. We have our own comic book company now. Yeah. So now that means you have a chance at seeing, like, you know, fucking Iron Man versus Aliens. Mm -hmm. Iron Man versus Predator. Predator. versus the Avengers.
2: Yeah. That'd be fun. Like, you know, not for nothing. I would Uh, would read that. Read the fuck. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's good. The Avengers
2: taking on a fucking ship full of Predators. That'd be dope.
0: That'd be crazy dope.
2: So yeah, do that, Marvel. Now that you can. You heard him. Yeah, make that happen. Um, There may be a Scott Pilgrim animated show. Yeah, there was a, an interview at Entertainment Weekly when they were talking about, um, you know, potential sequel. Yeah. And uh, everybody, pretty I think it was 10-year anniversary of the release of, uh, of Scott Pilgrim. And so reunions are the coin of the realm these days in entertainment journalism.
0: Seems that, uh, <coughs> that the yeah, and Josh Gad has cornered the market. Indeed. On those... Uh, totally. Those very heartwarming... Let's get the gang back together. Uh, we got all
2: the fucking Lord of the Rings on a Zoom. We got all the Back to the Future on the Zoom.
0: Do you uh, think they're doing it all out of the kindness of their hearts? do you think money's being thrown around there? I heard that people are being paid.
2: Uh, you know, it...
0: it, it Which there's no crime, whatever. No crime at but all. But it's always presented as... Hey, this just happened.
2: Yeah, I called these guys up. Yeah, I found them on
0: the internet. Go figure. What else
2: was I
1: going to do?
0: These are well organized. (laughs) Indeed. I mean, you got to get
2: cameras in these motherfuckers' houses. And, like, somebody's paying for that. So it's not just, like, you know, somebody's Zoom bombing in. It's like, no, there's a plan.
0: And God bless them, but. You know, because, hey, like, they're providing a service. A little truth in advertising would be nice. But, you know what? Neither here nor there. We all love fantasy as well. Yes but uh, but edgar wright um was talking
2: about how like yeah you know there's been conversations about doing an animated series and
0: they should the, the books that, that they're based on or lend themselves to yeah. a cartoon the Brown style was very is very very
2: clean and clear style and there's <coughs> seven of those books if not more
0: i think there's seven maybe eight um yeah just why is it a no-brainer uh my bet it'll, it'll, it'll exist on netflix within six months mm. seems like an easy cheap thing yeah. to do and uh, you want to talk about coin of the realm right now animation is coin of the realm yeah. because you could do it even though everybody's shut down you could still keep working on animation record voices remotely mm-hmm. shit like that i mean if i remember correctly scott pilgrim was a universal movie i think you're right and you know i just remember they had the side of the mm-hmm. they had that whole hotel you know that's right yeah. by hall h marriott or mm-hmm. whatever it is like the whole side of the building, and then the movie came out and didn't do that well. Any movie that has had that whole side of that building <laughs> has not done well.
2: Yeah, I remember being at EW mm-hmm. at the time, and it, it, it used to be...
0: Financially, like, I should say. People love Scott
2: They love that movie. But it had been like, there's a giant movie that's making its big debut, big splashy debut at Comic-Con, and like we're wrapping a hotel. And up until that point, there hadn't been a big Comic-Con sort of air ball. Right, There hadn't been a big miss. And then Scott Pilgrim, like, they spent all the money. They brought the whole cast. They wrapped the hotel and buses, the whole shebang. And then the movie came out. And, like, it did fine for something you wouldn't have taken. It did fine for an indie movie. It made something like $20, $25 million in its theatrical run. Like it did very well on
0: video. cost a little more to make, but it did very well at home yeah. video, yeah.
2: But, like, it was the, huh. So it seems that, like, even bringing a thing that seems, like, it was the, the, the echo chamber effect of Comic-Con.
0: Right. That just because at of, Comic-Con, everyone was like, Oh, fuck. This is
2: going to be the next fucking big thing. This is going to be 300 times <laughs> 300.
0: Like, it wasn't. And it was the first
2: time that we, you know, especially as journalists and even as fans, were like, well, maybe the things that like, you know, there's, an, there's the Comic-Con effect that within that ecosystem, everybody loves it. But only that ecosystem seems to want it. it happens at Sundance. It happens at Sundance. The Sundance effect, like they blame it on the altitude. Like, what what time of day did you premiere? What time in the festival did you premiere? Like everybody's has
0: your and if their company hasn't bought anything yet, like mm-hmm. we gotta buy
2: something before we leave. Yeah. Um, so, but fuck, I mean, it's a Universal movie. Peacock is launching in like three weeks. They need a shit ton of content. I don't know how much animation they're planning on doing, but if you wanted to do a big fucking splashy cartoon, like that makes sense. And it- you want to
0: open with a bunch or bring a bunch of people to your platform, maybe weren't there. Mm-hmm. Scott Pilgrim is it. That'd I saw there. Sony, too, just said that, like, we're getting into the R rated animation business. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Why not? Fucking do it. Mm-hmm. And again, one of the reasons cited was we can keep. We can keep production going mm-hmm. even with the whole world locked down.
2: Yeah. And like, if you do it right, like, and there are animation houses and, and models that don't cost <clears> like Pixar money, right. more like sausage party money. Right. like, if you make this for $15, $20 million, then like, yeah, why wouldn't you try an R rated? Like, go for it. Fuck yeah. Um, last story before, before the, we go, back, before to the we go back to the big story is did you realize that Marlon Wayne's was paid $100,000 to play Robin in a Batman movie that was never made.
0: Yeah. I remember um, he was part of Batman for a while. Like, I remember the story back in 89 or 88, 89, when they made the movie, was they were going to introduce Robin in the first Batman, in Tim Burton's Batman, Mm -hmm. and ultimately did not. And I remember when they announced the casting of Marlon Wayans. Of course, there was no internet, but it did make noise beyond the internet that didn't exist with people being like, but he's not white. Shit like that. (laughs) How could he be an acrobat? (laughs) Yeah, this makes no sense, Robin. Black people can't fly off trapezes. (laughs) Have you met a black person? They don't do that at all. And also it's just like, Robin's not real. (laughs) 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 We don't have to be authentic here because (laughs) Yeah, it's not (laughs) that boy's parents didn't die.
3: Uh, so he
0: was gonna be in it and i always thought it was good that they left any robin out whatsoever Mm -hmm. um you know the movie's called batman you didn't have to cram everything in there and stuff but he got suited up like they measured him there was a Mm -hmm. costume and then they let him know while they were making batman like oh it's probably not gonna happen Mm -hmm and so then he was supposed to be in the next one or something and that's when he got paid because they were like we're not going to do it or was it the first one
2: it was actually supposed to be the third one because tim burton was going to make a third batman movie. so and and he, so we got hired during returns to be the bat the robin they were going to introduce in the third one and they were going to have a whole like 2 Face with billy d was going to like complete his sort of he'll come back his trilogy plays, yeah. he was going to play harvey dent they were going to bring selena kyle back and then we're going to introduce michelle pfeiffer was going to come back and they we're going to introduce robin um but then tim burton i think there was like static between warner brothers and tim burton because again after, after Batman returns, returns like guys we gotta sell toys on this shit
0: they man. were like this shit's dark this is like dark and like not cool, how's the dark. movie open tim boy's parents die yeah <laughs> like uh, yeah well yeah we we'll you know that. also he becomes a penguin and then and, like, the, the one boy's sp- parents throw him into a sewer <laughs> you <laughs> you're know, like this is did you, did you you're doing batman returns right th- yeah it,
2: where, where's the batman returning no it's more like oswald rising if yeah. i had to put a finer
0: point on it when batman returns he returns to the misery of a world without his parents <laughs> like we got to deal with mcdonald's tim yeah
2: come on man We're making toys here.
0: so he got
2: paid well i'm sure that you know there was a pair play deal in his contract which is we hired Makes you to do this thing we paid you money to uh, keep you on a retainer if you're not in it that's not your fault that's our fault and so we Hey, and apparently he still gets residuals for a movie that he was never in which is weird
0: talk about like when it happened i'm sure he was like fuck because you could have been robin and Batman. Yeah. but he's had a massive fucking career he's doing still okay. he's doing really well so it's like on the cherry on top of it all is like i still get paid for the movie they left me out of totally and i can still say like here's pictures of me in a robin suit you think he's got them he must right if he had him he would have shared it by now i doubt he has him because why wouldn't a guy like that he's so fucking famous it's not like warner brothers would be like we're coming after you man (laughs) like he could totally get away with sharing that hey if anyone knows marlon wayans and if anyone knows if he's got a picture of himself in the robin outfit can you please let him know that we all would love to see it and then yeah. not even like make fun of it. We just yeah. want to like fucking see it. But I doubt he has that picture. The, but you know who does? Somebody. Somebody. Somebody had to take a picture to show some Warner Brothers exec. So that photo exists somewhere. They're, they're, I would love to see what their idea of a Robin outfit was.
2: There are many reasons that I miss the late, great John Schnepp, but no. the least of which is that that dude would have found that picture.
0: Yeah, no doubt. He
2: would have been like, yeah?
0: He I'll was get there. planning a series of those films that was just like the Superman one where he went yeah, looking for like the story of what happened. Yeah.
2: And again he also would have I'm sure found the three episodes that one can get their hands on of
0: Black Bart one of them the first one up ep- the pilot episode is on the blazing Sa- one of the blazing saddles DVDs. is it and that's the only one you can watch and you can see lou gossett jr in. i wonder if there's who's a- only lou gossett was only lou gossett because his father wasn't born yet i guess like i was trying to figure <laughs> that out when did he decide to add the junior so late in his career maybe because he wanted to distance himself mm. from that blazing saddles sitcom yeah, <laughs> like that nobody
2: saw but i can't that I can. wasn't
0: me that was a lou gossett i'm lou gossett jr
2: yeah um, and one tiny little story that I don't have very much information on because I just saw it before we got in here okay. is that uh, for Jurassic World 3, um, for which they are returning to production, I want to say in like July what, this month, later this month
0: in overseas. Is the plot about fucking COVID because <laughs> dinosaurs don't scare me anymore.
2: Yeah, dinosaurs deal with it they'll wear
0: the dinosaurs get covid (laughs) and they just watch the dinosaurs drop And like so that's what happened credits
2: it's it's trying to build masks for dinosaurs
0: they're bringing everybody back too they got sam Sam neill Lord Dern, and jeff Goldblum. and jeff goldblum that's the news who that they're all coming back what didn't we know this already i didn't know this i thought we knew this like i thought i knew i thought i knew at least two of them if not all i thought everybody knew this for a while but everybody coming back everybody's coming back because this is because they'll be done after this mark (laughs) they're never making no more of these jurassic movies after this this Um, time it's personal uh i bet you yeah (laughs) i bet you the only reason they haven't shot it yet is because the entire cast was probably on one of josh gad's reunion fucking (laughs) zooms (laughs) and they're like can you come film the movie please no uh i support this a thousand percent who's doing it the same guy colin trevorrow good for him i I like the fucking jurassic uh i like the first jurassic world a lot one of the best times i had in the theater that Mm -hmm. year was watching that movie Mm -hmm. like i was like it's back holy shit they found a way to fucking shake it up and stuff i don't remember much of the second one except but wouldn't the lady carried off or was that in the first one the first one one. the publicist lady gets carried off. yeah what happened the second one she stopped running around in heels i remember everyone bitched about that Yeah. she put on flats Yeah, and
2: then some comp yeah some company comes in and steals all the dinosaurs, then auctions them off at a secret underground like
0: dinosaur. Auction. It also had one of the most haunting fucking images in any of those Jurassic movies, if not mm. any movie at all. When they're getting off the island and that one lone dinosaur, I'm gonna. It's gonna fucking. <laughs> <laughs> and Andrew goes, yeah, it's sad. sad. Like you know, fucking the way like yeah, crippled kids are sad, but what are you gonna do? <laughs> fucking, it was heartbreaking. Like I. I, I I literally kept rewinding and watching that fucking moment where he's like, whoa. And then they kept going on with the movie. I'm like, fuck the rest of the movie. What happened to that guy? Did you just see that? Holy shit, somebody help him. <laughs> I remember when uh, uh, when uh, uh, Blair Witch Project mm. was going to uh, Sundance. friend of mine, John Pearson, was a producer's rep on Clerks. He was working with that movie as well. So he had sent me the VHS of the movie before they went to the festival. I hadn't gotten around to watching it, but I knew what it was. John mm-hmm. was like, "This is a, a fake documentary, but they're playing it very real and stuff." And the first, you know, the fir- first found footage movie that created a whole movement that they're still working off of today. Mm-hmm. So we're at the uh, we're living in Oceanport. Like I've been with Jennifer like tops three, four months at this point, maybe maybe six months. Um, and I don't know if she's even pregnant with Harley at this point, or if Harley was born I can't remember specifically but no it was 99 so harley wasn't born jen was pregnant because it was around the same time. dogma came out around the mm-hmm. same time so um you know i was like uh, hey they're talking about this movie at sundance getting a lot of buzz and we got a copy of it my friend gave me a copy you want to watch it and she was like yeah what is it i was like it's a player witch project and she's like all right and so we watched the movie in bed and i fell asleep watching it because not because it's bad I was just tired and shit she didn't know what it was she didn't know it was a mockumentary or it was a fucking found footage film she didn't know it was a fictional film Mm -hmm. so fucking I'll never forget her shaking me violently to wake me up at the toward the end when the fucking mic is facing the wall and Mm -hmm. it's like oh my god and all that shit she was just like what the fuck is going on why won't somebody help them (laughs) She's like, somebody has to help them. Can you believe this? And I was like, what what the fuck are you talking about? And she's like, look at them. They're they're stuck in the woods and this is happening. And I'm like, you're watching a movie. Like, that's not real. None of it's real. Like, it's a fake footage movie. And she's going, no, you're lying. This is a snuff film. And I had to call John Pearson at two in the morning and be like, John, do me a favor. Can you tell Jennifer that fucking Blair Witch Project is completely fictional? And so I hand the phone to her.
2: Can't do that, Kev.
0: Yeah, click. I'm like, oh! And I hear her go like, John. And then I can't hear him talk. And she goes, why won't anyone help them? And John talks, and I can't hear that. And she's like, are you sure? This is horrifying. She fucking bought it. Hook, line, and Mm. sinker, man. Like I wish I'd fucking believed in anything as much as (laughs) she believed in that movie and that night. Holy the fuck. Um, But, yeah, fucking (laughs) Jurassic Park. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Did we get through all the the news? The last story, which is really we buried the lead and should have led with. I have this. This made me stop my work day (laughs) Mm -hmm. at 9. What was it? 9.20 in the morning. 9.19. I think he posted this. 9.19 a.m. Ray Fisher, who played Cyborg in Justice Mm -hmm. League. And for context um, very
2: often, when stars are going out doing press for movies, mm. they will never really cop to any issues behind the scenes because they're trained. Mm-hmm. Media training happens, and everybody's signing on board, and like we're all going to be troopers. We're going to fucking sell. You got to sell the thing. Got to sell the thing. So when somebody asks you what mm-hmm. it was like making the movie, it's like, oh man, we were in great hands, and you know I felt very comfortable, and you know I, I nothing but faith in, in in our filmmakers, and you know I'm really glad that the movie is what it is. Like it's it's kind of par for the course, and you can start to kind of read between the lines if you read enough of these things if you parse see it a little
0: things, bit and be like i, know, I yeah, think there's some maybe i there. don't know
2: but it's probably not the truth of it but we you clearly were not all one happy cast
0: like for example jim carrey while promoting batman forever wasn't out there going like tommy lee jones was such a dick to me yeah like he was just like oh my god it was great to work with tommy lee Jones. Yes,
2: he's a legend he's a hero so glad i finally got that experience like it's it's the the lingua franca of selling a movie is you just you, you swallow all the bad shit. You only say the good stuff, true or not. And so there was a, a video clip of, of Ray Fisher that was shot. I want to say Comic-Con.
0: I think it was Comic-Con for Justice League after Joss Whedon joined the Justice League. Uh, Zack right. Snyder, of course, w- we thought he took time off, but perhaps was unceremoniously dumped or whatever, right. and replaced with uh, Joss Whedon. Right. So at this point, they had done the reshoots and stuff, and they were at Comic-Con to promote and Ray, who was sitting next to Jason Momoa, right,
2: says, like, Joss is a great guy, and Zach picked a good person to come in and finish up for him. That's the quote. Right. And the, that quote was embedded in in the first of two Ray Fisher tweets.
0: One came a few days ago. One
2: came a few days ago, and that That was the said, first
0: shot across the bow. Right.
2: Where Fisher wrote of his own comments in the video, I'd like to take a moment to forcefully retract every bit of this statement.
0: Which right then and there is like, Wow. It's like, oh, that's shit. What? And, you know, and we should, of course, point out that, like, he's he's firmly in Zack's camp and has been for, like, a long, long time. He was a release the Snyder Cut guy forever. Big believer in Zack. And in Zack's version of Justice League, as we saw from the trailers, Ray and Cyborg had a lot more screen time. Yes. Um,
2: So this past Wednesday... um Two days after that first tweet, we would like to forcefully really attract everything. He, uh, he sent one more tweet out that said, Whedon's onset treatment of the cast and crew of Justice League was gross, abusive, unprofessional, and completely unacceptable. Uh, he wrote, He was enabled in many ways by producers Jeff Johns and John Berg. Accountability um, greater than entertainment. Damn. I mean, wow. And it's like not that it's noteworthy for a director to be shitty to their cast, right? Because that you know happens not to say all the time, but enough that it's not you know this weird anomaly in Hollywood stories. Um, But it's it it rarely happens on a movie like this from a star like that you know who clearly doesn't either feel like he has anything to lose right um like or or feels that joss whedon's star is not of a like sort of wattage that he can help him or hurt him anymore
0: right but that it's bold move it's just not done yes that's essentially it and believe me when he says it's just not done we're not disapproving in fact no would, spill the tea would love all the candor that you could fit in. <laughs> yes but it is gobsmackingly shocking yes to see it happen because so rarely does somebody be like you know what sucked <laughs> <laughs> that guy an asshole yeah um it, it was uh let's go through the language of it okay because the words are very specific as all words are but like let's read where's the where, where, go ahead break it down
2: so the the first quote and,
0: yeah. and it was also like, it's not like it wasn't answering a question. He just boom, no, put it out. There.
2: It's just one of those like he <laughs> was.
0: Nobody, absolutely nobody. <laughs> Ray Fisher, bam! Yeah. I want to
2: retract everything <laughs> I said three years ago at Comic Con. Like, oh, why would you like to do that?
0: Like, I, I is mean, pressing you
2: on anything?
0: I think it's, I think it probably is just like it's weighted on him. Like, you know, it, from what I understand, like he's a theater kid, classical. Mm-hmm classically trained actor he didn't he's not like searching to be like movie star he likes to act and he had a character and a character arc something he can invest in with a director storyteller that he believed in and and you know that's also his first director more or less for a mm-hmm. feature and stuff and zach handpicked him and so you know when they make remake justice league and like his character is reduced to booyah Which don't get me wrong, like it's a nice shout out to the cartoon, but Mm -hmm. like that wasn't in the Zack Snyder version. I I can I probably bet. No. Seems like a Joss Whedon type thing. But anyway, point being, incredibly candid.
2: And also, like the timing is. I mean, the timing is odd for any. Timing seems
0: connected to. The, you know snyder cut release
2: right but like we're, we're not like a month away from that big sort of detonation that that was happening and that was coming and everybody was like sort of coming out with their support for zach
0: it's probably something he's wanted to say for a long time but didn't want to fucking you know uh, jeopardize the snyder cut right. by making it be controversial but now that it's a done deal he felt like he could get it off his chest do do the language so so yeah He's like to take a moment to forcefully retract every bit of that statement. So that was the first tweet. Second tweet. Second
2: tweet. Whedon's onset. Whedon was misspelled, by the way. I
0: mean, Um, it's not like.
2: Yeah, I mean, but.
0: People's names and shit. Tough to, to, you know. It is. Um, Not everyone can be Smith.
2: (laughs) No. Um, Whedon's onset treatment of the cast and crew.
0: Okay, stop. Onset treatment. Of the cast and crew. So that's literally everybody. That's
2: literally everybody. Okay. And that's not like he was mean to the actors, but like a total champ with the crew. Not like Or was,
0: vice versa, or which or it usually versa. is.
2: Um, it means that, you know, in his eyes, from soup to nuts, he was, Joss was not a good dude to anybody who worked on that movie.
0: Keep going. What are the next words? Uh, cast and crew. Cast
2: and crew of Justice League was gross.
0: Okay. Gross probably refers to flash falling on at least story-wise right flash falling on wonder woman like and then quickly popping up and shit apparently that was not in zack's version at all right. that came from joss but also i read something online recently it was a grace randolph yeah is that i her name? that too. she said um that she, uh when we'd wanted to do this on set gal dot said no i'm mm-hmm. not doing this and he used a body double
2: right he was so ardent that that be in his movie that is like which right, is
0: you know fucking, when your lead actress who is literally coming off of wonder woman mm-hmm. one, one of the most successful movies of all time is just like i don't want to do this you know number one listen but number mm-hmm. two do you really go like all right well i'll do it with somebody else that's yeah. so that could be I could be the gross part of the gross, and not just gross because of what it is, but just like you don't, you don't do that. You know what I'm saying? That's, yeah. All right. So gross,
2: gross, abusive. Now, the, probably, probably not physically, probably but just verbally
0: abusive. Verbally, verbally barking at people.
2: Right. But it could also be, you know, maybe working longer than you might need to. Like, hey, Dave, we got to do these reshoots. We got to get them in. We're gonna do eighteen-hour days. Like, well, dude, do we have to do eighteen-hour days? Like. And I don't want to say these lines, and I don't want to be belly flopped on by Israel Miller, and I don't
0: like. What's it, the next
2: word? Unprofessional.
0: I think I know what that one is, and I, and I don't think that it's. Yeah. I'm not casting shade, like it's dirty stuff. I think I know what the unprofessional mm. is. I'll tell you. Keep going. Mm. And
2: completely unacceptable.
0: Well, definitely. I mean, right? That's just that's also a matter of taste and opinion. Right. But that's a but that's summing also up point. yeah.
2: <laughs> it's the here's what all those other words were.
0: Um, I, I, w- I wasn't there, we weren't there, nobody could know except these cats and stuff. But like uh I remember remember I, like uh when I went to the Skywalker set, mm-hmm. some people had worked on solo and just both versions of Solo and both versions of, of Justice League. Mm-hmm. Um there the the special effects guys said that there was like a fair amount of trashing of um, the Zach's version of the movie on set mm. by Joss. Um, again, I don't. This is what a special effects guy who worked on both versions of the movie told me, but that he would kind of like cut down, dismiss, and you know, be negative about Zach's version, which he had seen, mm-hmm. and all these people had made together without right. him and stuff. And so the guy had said that it was kind of uncomfortable on set, because mm. like. The people that he was talking to about not liking that version of the movie were all people that had made that version of the movie. Right. So that I think is probably the unprofessional thing. Like, you don't do that, like, especially right. if you came in to, you know, help out in a during a bad moment in the director's life and stuff. But that's hearsay. Uh, you know that ain't fucking fact or news. That's just what somebody told me. But it does kind of line up with, with right. this.
2: And it also lines up with the second part of the tweet, which is he was enabled in many ways by producers Jeff John and Jeff Johns and John Berg, because if the studio, as we've all heard, you know, and everybody seems to have gone on the record about saying the studio was unhappy, yeah. with that version of it, if Joss is going to badmouth that version of it allegedly. Um, Very allegedly. Then, that would be a kind of thing that if the studio representatives are there, they would share that vision and that version of what the movie was. Right. And so, if if you know if the minders are also of the same mind as you are, then why wouldn't you say these things out loud? Um. Maybe that's the enabling that right. that he's talking about.
0: Well, and also just like they, I'm sure those somebody had to make the decision to. Let's change course on this movie. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I didn't, I didn't know Jeff had that much power, but apparently,
2: yeah. I mean, I think he was, he was on set for much of the movie because you know a lot of that is his baby, you yeah, know? from beginning to end. Was it like let's? He was, he was handed the reins of the DC universe to help shape it and mold it. He was, he was to be like, there, Kevin Feige. He was supposed to be there, Kevin Feige, and this was supposed to be his moment. Of my crowning achievement was getting us to Justice League, and. He was apparently, at the very least, you know, involved in the decisions to bring in another director, uh, and for the director to be Joss Whedon, and to give him what he felt he needed to be able to do that job, which was, you know, a kind ear from his studio executives, who were perhaps indulging his derisions on set. All of this is hearsay. All of this is supposition. Yeah, we weren't there. We're None not. So please don't
0: report it as these guys said. We're just yeah. saying what others have said. Yeah,
2: we're, we're connecting dots. Some may be specious. Some might not. But
0: point if, is, I think, look, there ain't no dots to connect on the fact that Ray Fisher does not like Joss Whedon. No. I think that's what comes across loud and clear. Totally. Didn't respect the vision. Uh, didn't respect how he worked. Didn't seem to respect him at all. And it sounds like he didn't respect him because he felt completely disrespected by Joss Whedon. Um, There's a tweet that
2: Ray had put out on June 6th, which said, "I don't praise writer Chris Terrio and Zack Snyder for simply putting me in Justice League. I praise them for empowering me, a black man with no film credits to his name, with a seat. That's at right. The, he had
0: no film credits. No this film was credits. his first. His
2: first film. With a seat at the creative table and input on the framing of the stones before there was even a script. The stones being him and his father. Right. Um, so yeah.
0: So yeah. he was involved. So yeah, he. You know, he I'm, watched his version of Justice League like evaporate and turn into the version of Justice League that nobody liked like yeah, it's not the one that anybody was like, yeah, they did it like it's not like you know Batman V Superman has very ardent, passionate followers and stuff like that. The uh, Justice League I, I don't think has a bunch of people defending it fighting for it. No I think they it's were patch job they, a they were defending
2: shocking. they were defending Zach more yeah. than they were defending the film. Yeah. And the desire to see what they, you know, attributed to be a, a, a damaged vision for what that was. Like, we want to see what he wanted to do, which I get. And Ray, you know, is very much like, hey, they, they invited me in and let me help shape the lives of these two characters because I'm sure, you
0: know... So to, God bless them. These guys yeah, on the other that hand. That <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, man, hats off to, to Ray for speaking his truth. Yeah,
2: and and maybe it's also like we seem to be in a social moment at right now, in a cultural moment, where speaking one's truth and, and lightening that load that you might have felt carrying for a long time, um, I'm not going to say is in vogue, but is the spirit is in the air yeah. of airing grievances and speaking truths and being honest. And st- when when you're looking at you know, systemic racism both in society and in Hollywood, and how we protect some people while we leave others out in the wild to to fend off the wolves. Maybe that had something to do with his decision to be like, you know what? I'm tired of being silent about this guy who is an asshole who will go on, you know, making stuff, you know, and then to Josh's credit, he's a very talented writer. He's written some things that I love deeply you a buffy guy right
0: um, i was a buffy guy
2: i was an angel guy i was a firefly guy like i i you know i go deep on joss whedon
0: i'm not like disassociating or shitting on the guy while he's down or whatever but i was never like a buffy guy or yeah.
2: you and everyone was, and that's totally fine like
0: and not because i'm like i think he sucks It's just that wasn't my jam at all whatsoever but i know a lot of people in this business writers particularly in this business use Buffy speak when they work on stuff. People in the writer's room at Motu would talk about, like, would use Buffy speak and stuff like that. I mean,
2: the the terminology of the big bad is directly out of Buffy. Like, what's our season's big bad? Who's the big bad guy that our guys... Like, it's, you know, that that writer's room from Buffy disseminated all throughout Hollywood, as did some of the storytelling lessons. Mm. And, like, odds are, on one of your favorite shows of all time, somebody who worked on Buffy was on it. Provided it was made in the 2000s and above. Like, nobody in M.A.S.H. was in fucking the Buffy room. Right. But, like, you know, it's... What a
0: deep cuts bowl. You're fresh. like, the only problem with Buffy? Not enough M.A.S.H. stars. <laughs> not enough Jamie Farr. I was always yeah. waiting for Jamie Farr to show up. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, So, yeah, like, it's,
2: it seems to be a, a common issue that we end up having to wrestle with every couple of years is the trying to square it in your mind loving the work of somebody who is not entirely above board. Um, you know, it, it, it happens in the comic book industry, God knows that we've you know, been sort of enduring the, 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 the battering of revelations about people who have been, you know, especially the heroes of mine and friends of mine, um, who've been like, oh man, that guy, turns out he was a bit of an asshole. That's not cool, wish that hadn't happened. And in Hollywood happens all the time. Like how do you how do you have growing up in the seventies and eighties and being a Woody Allen fan, still be a fan of Woody Allen, knowing full well here's the kind of things that he did? How do you grow up as somebody who loved Miramax as a studio, having to reckon with the fact that these movies were produced by a monster?
0: I'll do you one better. How do you reckon with the fact that your entire career is predicated on the sale of a movie to that monster?
2: Yeah, like as fans, as creatives, as whatever we all have to find a way to I don't know, morally shield ourselves from the sort of damage that's caused by these people. and like, I didn't do the things. I was not privy to the things. I just made my movies. I just watched these movies yeah. and love them and, and, and love them to death. But divorcing the work from the, the artist seems to be now more than ever a thing that we need to learn how to do.
0: Uh, I think if, if we're going to take lessons from anybody, apparently it's Ray Fisher just fucking say what you <laughs> say what you
2: got to say damn the torpedoes
0: it was uh, breathtaking uh in its yeah sincerity and its to the pointedness
2: yes and to the i'm out of all fucks to give
0: very much so <laughs> um the uh, any word from joss
2: whedon joss whedon to date has declined to comment uh his twitter feed has been particularly quiet um Maybe that's because he's in work mode, but maybe that's in a like I don't need to raise my head above water right now. Right. Um, but but
0: it gave uh, his Wonder Woman script the chance to enter the Twitter sphere again. did it, and that of course didn't go well. No. For him.
2: No. No.
0: Um, yeah, man. Wow. Well, that was the story of the week right there. That was the story of
2: the week because as we said at the top, these things are just not done. No. And when they're done, you're like, oh, damn. And
0: again, we're not saying these things are not done, and we disapprove. Mm. We're just saying like they don't don't happen in this business. That's why it's so fucking noteworthy. Yeah, like it's just like, did he? So I can say what we just think he said. Yeah, and especially from somebody in Ray Fisher's
2: position in the Hollywood Totem Pole, like it's just getting started. Yeah, it's one thing for you know. Fucking, you know, Jack Nicholson to say, you know what, Stanley Kubrick was a bit of a dick. Like, he worked this really hard, but it's Nicholson, you know, and, like, he could say whatever he wants. Like, that dude is impenetrable, invulnerable. Um, He's never not going to work. Ray Fisher, on the other hand, like, power to him. Very brave. You know, it's, it's a bit like fucking John Boyega, who is deathly afraid of getting up. And I don't know how much of that is performative or not. But, like, that dude seemed legitimately shook to get up in front of, you know, thousands of British Black Lives Matter protesters and say there's real problems that we have to address mm. and I don't give a fuck if I don't ever work anymore but I feel like I need to speak what's on my mind and you know consequences be damned I'm going to speak this truth.
0: Jordan Peel tweeted, "We got you." Yeah. It was like, so you know, nice.
2: Just this this barrage of like JJ's yeah. like, "Don't worry, buddy. You'll work forever."
0: <laughs> we, we <got laughs> you. um, it's awesome.
2: You know, but for Ray Fisher like, you know, He, he, there is not that much. He's all upside. There's not that much for him, you know, to circle his wagons around, but he's like, fuck it. I got to say this thing because I can't, I can't swallow this lie
0: anymore. Good for him. And that's bold. So good on you, Ray Fisher. Good for you, Ray. Tell you the truth. Um, That's all the news we got? That is all the news we got. We got questions? Uh, We get some questions. We got some questions. Uh, Uh, How's the audience tonight, JC? Let's get a JC shot. (laughs) You, JC, monitors the the comments and stuff. How is everybody?
3: Uh, audience. We is found good. out
0: after the show last week that like the thing, what was the thing? Remember, you were like we were talking. Oh, we were like the Michael Keaton Batman. Oh we're yeah. Like people. who doesn't like this idea? And at the end of the show, <laughs> JC was like, a lot of people hate that <laughs> idea.
3: <almost> everybody's not <laughs> yeah, right. I was like, what? <laughs> and that's
0: definitely a generational thing. What was the controversy of the night tonight, if there was one?
3: Uh, just some trolls in the chat. Nothing. No, no real controversy. Oh, no. All thankfully. Right.
0: Thank the Lord. <laughs> um, all right. What questions we got?
3: Uh, Answer this is from questions three, uh, Braden Goss, Gossy. Uh, he asked if Mel Brooks made a comic book movie, what property would you choose for him?
0: Can I go first? You go first. Howard the duck. Ooh, come on. Give the funny guy to the funny guy, man. He gets some. And plus, howard was b- brilliant uh, at social commentary as was and is mel brooks so mm-hmm. as the marvel character i'd give him you um i think there's there'd be a temptation to
2: want to give him guardians of the galaxy mm-hmm. because i think that he could have a ton of fun with that um but i think like keith giffen's west coast
0: avengers oh excellent call would be super fun excellent call yeah, JL, uh, that, that Giffin to Mattis JLA mm-hmm. run, or that's good, <laughs> man. Those are funny books. And, you know, they told stories too, but like, it plays in a fun way. But yeah, Ooh, That I was think,
2: fun. I think a good superhero book from him would be a lot of
0: fun. Two good picks. Let's get Mel Brooks on the line.
2: Yeah. Mel, how you doing? Did I ever tell you that I saw Mel Brooks's, uh, they had a an afi lifetime achievement award ceremony mm. for him something like four or five years ago he told the single best joke i've ever heard it was an improv um and he gets up and the, and the whole thing he's giving his little speech after everybody fucking sucks his dick for the two hours it is he's like all right um who's got any questions out here he was doing fucking q a he's doing crowd work and somebody's like boxes or briefs and he goes depends <laughs> and i just like
0: fuck it like that's pretty great
2: 92 years old sharp as a tack on his feet it's
0: pretty great that's pretty great yeah yeah yeah. fuck now i gotta burn that into my head as a mel brooks joke or else it's gonna wind up (laughs) in something i write (laughs) and i'm gonna feel so clever when i write it (laughs) mark's gonna read it and be like okay i don't know how to break this too
2: yeah man remember that night you were baked off your mind no because (laughs) i was baked off my mind don't I was like, what,
0: wait, which What? Yeah. That's every
3: night. Mark. Be
2: more specific. <laughs> yeah,
3: narrow it down. <laughs> um, all right, question one, done. Question two. All right, question two is from Trent Gibson. Good old Trent Gibson. Uh, hey, if, Trent. If you guys had to recast the main Avengers with wrestlers, who would you pick? Oh, my God. I
0: don't know that I'm versed enough in I mean, wrestling to me, do this. Me yeah. Can, can all of them be Jimmy Superfly Snooker? <laughs> <laughs> Let's make them all. Here, I know this much. Captain America would be Chris Jericho, just for the irony of a Canadian as Captain America. Plus, (laughs) he's my hero. Um, But yeah, I I don't go... I mean, I guess like Andre the Giant as Hulk. Mm. Um, Yeah, I'm not well-versed enough to to do wrestling you yeah wow i'm trying to
2: find a hulk hogan to put in there but this is like if
0: we got a political question i'd be like i don't know yeah Uh, reagan not Uh, so much with the tariffs lincoln Uh, (laughs) 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 oh wow this has never happened before but it's like i think we have to yield the floor to that question as much as we can't possibly answer it beyond
2: Yeah, like he. I yield my time. Suck my dick. Fuck you.
0: Amazing. (laughs) 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 Oh god, we all watch the same news. Oh man, the hero this city deserves truly.
3: (laughs) Um, all right. So give us a different question. All right, roll on to a different one. Uh, ZB. Sorry, Trent. Sorry, Gibby. Uh, ZB. If you could produce a sitcom for the 1970s, what would the premise be, and who would you cast? You can use modern actors and themes if you like.
0: Seventies sitcom. Mm. Um, Can it be a spinoff? Yeah, it could be a spinoff. Whatever you want. I let me see. Seventies. Maybe I do. Walona from Good Times. Ooh, nice. You know what I'm saying? Uh Because she was like always the breath of fresh air in every episode of Good Times um you know in a better world just as good times spun off of maude because mm-hmm. florida worked for maude she was the maid in a better world willona would have had her own spin-off sitcom from uh good times so i would make i would choose that just because i watched a lot of good times when i was a kid um i'd go for because that because then you could bring penny into it as well Ooh, right? nice yes I'm showing my good times geeky. Mm-hmm. My good time geek is coming out. Um, yeah, I'm saying the Walona spit off from good times. That means that every you know, get every week you get a different guest <laughs> from good times. So JJ could be there yeah. one week. Yeah. Michael could be there one week. James Sr. could pop by because they all live in the same building. Mm-hmm. Not very creative, but I, I like my... I, I, I would watch that show. Thank you. Because... Who do we cast it with, though? And do we cast it... Well, we cast it with the actress who played Bologna, if we're doing it in the 70s. Right. If we're casting it with a modern-day actress, um, who, who's in Pretty Little Fires? Little Fires <laughs> Everywhere? Who do I like? Um, Carrie Washington.
2: Carrie Washington. Nice. There you go. Modern-day. And day. not the young Carrie Washington, because you also liked her, Remember? There was a young. Oh, the actress
0: who played the young version of Kerry Washington on that show. She was fucking phenomenal. Maybe her. She could play Penny. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. What do you got?
2: Uh, I kind of want to do. I kind of want to do a sitcom about the the first black sailor on a submarine.
0: What are you calling it?
2: Uh, (laughs) Um i kind of want to call it like zero dark 30 but you can't call it
1: that.
2: <laughs> 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 going down uh down scope
0: one silent run deep we could play on that
2: yeah but like john amos oh i'm in as a, as the black sailor on a on a all-white submarine so it's like about integrating the service a little bit and uh, so you get the social commentary, and it's on a submarine, which I've never seen a sitcom on, but I've seen enough sub-movies to know that there's enough different kinds of
0: sets and shit. There's only one sitcom that I can think of. Operation Petticoat was a movie. They turned mm. it into a sitcom at one point. Wow. Took place, I believe it took place on a sub. They had to paint the pl- subs pink, if I remember correctly. <laughs> of course they did. Um, I would watch that. I'd watch the fuck
2: out of that. That'd be kind of fun. In the grand tradition of like, you know, sitcoms set in police precincts, yeah. which we'll see less of, I feel, these days. <laughs> That's right. Barney <laughs> Miller's
0: and, and. Yeah,
2: just like, here's a kind of dangerous job. I like, mean, yeah, what's
0: it just, even mean for like Brooklyn 9 9?
2: Yeah, I, I had suggested, there's a lot, like one person I remember seeing on Twitter was like, what if just tomorrow they're in a post office? And they uh, just switch the format and they, the format and they never say it. anything about and it. I was like, what if we do that, but it's a firehouse? Just like one day it's like, hey everybody, good to be back in the firehouse, isn't it?
0: Whatever. Talk ter- about how much everyone loves firemen. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs>
2: everybody's on board with firemen. You know what they don't do? Shoot black people.
0: <laughs> believe I believe he's right there, kids. I, yeah, you don't shoot. even have to go to Google to check that out. <laughs>
2: they, they don't carry guns. Yeah, so no.
0: Zero Pinocchios. That is a fucking <laughs> fact right there. <laughs> Um, uh, all right, we got two sitcoms. We got two sitcoms. I love John Amos, man. James Senior, one of my favorite sitcom oh. characters, favorite TV characters of all time. He was so hostile to his kid, <laughs> to JJ. He was always ready to punch him out and stuff. Yeah. Do you remember when he died? I do. I remember. When, like, damn, uh, damn,
2: damn.
0: And she throws it down, damn, damn. Yeah.
2: But I remember, there was some. There was that some-
0: episode, and then remember the episode where they. Uh, they were like, a neighbor came, a neighbor lady in the building was eating dog food.
1: Mm. And then
0: she came to like dinner and she brought a meatloaf. And so like the joke was like, they were all didn't want to eat it because it was like fucking dog food and stuff. And they were like, mm, this is good. And pretending not to eat it and stuff. Mm. And she caught wind of it and she was hurt. She was just like, yes, I have to eat dog food, but I would never do that to my friends. It was like heartbreaking. Those <laughs> I mean, those sitcoms of the 70s like taught people to be real i remember i caught one because it
2: still airs on like you know some deep in the cable fucking landscape or whatever Mm -hmm. like me tv or something and there was an episode about testing bias where like michael was taking some standardized tests and like had done really poorly on it and then you know in the 70s in the 70s so like florida and james like truck into the fucking like to talk to the superintendent like well how can you ask him about things like You know, they haven't talked about Hamlet yet. They haven't talked about like, you know, what it's like to buy a house. Like all of these questions, you know, are the kinds of questions that he has no life experience to answer. If you ask him about these nine things, he totally knows it. And if you look at his testing for like empirical studies, like math, this kid's off the charts history. He's off the charts, but these like interpretive questions, he's always going to fail. It's an episode you could do today. Absolutely. I was shocked. And also, I then, I because it was like a Saturday, I had nothing better to do. I then looked up, all right, when did this episode air? <laughs> you fell down the I rabbit hole. You fell down the fucking rabbit hole. <laughs> you were like, like, I'm having
0: a lot of good times.
2: <laughs> and it was like, you know, season four, like episode 28. And Good Times was still the number seven top 10 show in the
0: country. Wow. With 28 million people watching every week. And to, it's like, to be fair, kids, anyone. Even Netflix would kill for 28 million people to be watching the thing at once.
2: A show that's making like 3 million people is a fucking hit. Your average show, you know, your average CW show gets less than a million people a week watching. And they Mm -hmm. stay on the air forever. 28 million people and that's number 7? That's not even the, like, that's Super Bowl That was
0: at a time where there was like 3 channels. So you weren't drowning in options, man. So if you were on TV... You were so fucking famous. <laughs> there was none of this reality nonsense. You couldn't yeah. be famous for being like... Well, I guess you, Charles Nelson riley
2: Yeah, you, know, you could be famous shows. for being
0: on game shows, I guess. But, but uh, you
2: had to get up to change the channel. So, like, once you were on Channel Four, you were probably there all night. Yeah. And so, like, your eight o'clock leadoff was:
0: we got to get something to get them to turn to two, four, or seven, or the game is up. Do you know? This, we're falling down a good times rabbit hole, but <laughs> this all comes from the Norman Lear universe mm-hmm. so norman lear uh, adapts a british tv show called king of the house or whatever the fuck right. it was um, um no the royal family maybe i forgot mm-hmm. that was another show uh, but it was a british show um that became all in the family right all in the family spins off the jeffersons of mm-hmm. course we all know about maud mm-hmm. good, time. good times archie bunker's place gloria Um, and there's like two more very short-lived one day
2: at a time did that also spin out
0: one day at a time is it's norman lear but i don't think there's a connection to any of the episodes unless bonnie franklin's character Mm. showed up on something but i think that was like a standalone does
2: that come out of the alice universe not connected alice
0: wait alice and what else is in that universe
2: um maude is mod
0: alice and maude are not connected they're not connected they're all norman lear and maude's connected to archie bunker the i mean call it the the bunker verse if you will <laughs> 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 um but uh, alice was standalone and based on a martin scorsese movie alice really? doesn't live here anymore. oh that's right and so they you know some people like polly holiday who played flo and vic tabak who played <laughs> mel they, we lost everybody Pretty everyone's much. like why are they talking about these old timey fucking because shows of john amos <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the man's a legend, they, legend. he killed- showed up in in um uncut gems is that what, what is yeah, the yeah. adam sandler movie mm-hmm. like at one point i think it was that movie right am i crazy no, no john, john amos. amos sorry we jumped around was it the uncut gems he's in where like they're in <laughs> the hallway and he just opens the door and he's like that's john amos <laughs> it was like an unbelievably wonderful cameo.
2: Yeah. There
0: was some documentary thing
2: about Norman Lear, and they interviewed John Amos about it because he gets killed off-screen. Yeah. Like there was some contractual dispute. Yeah. John Amos wanted more money. And Norman Lear was like, well, I'll just kill you. He was like, I'd like to see you try. And he does it.
1: Yeah.
2: And it was like, all right, listen, it sucked for me, but the dude does what he says he's gonna do.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I learned a lesson. Yeah. <laughs> don't play chicken with Norman Lear yes
2: so John Amos but him
0: leaving did lead to one of the greatest episodes of all time oh it's unbelievable where where Florida holds it together throughout the entire day and she's like I'm fine Michael I'm fine (laughs) and then at the end of the episode breaks down it still gives me chills and I'm getting like emotional thinking about it she's just doing
2: she's by herself in the kitchen and that's what
0: brought him back like she realized oh my god I'm like James is gone oh my god (laughs) I'm getting so emotional let's damn Damn! somebody i mean <laughs> i i just i you know on one level you're like someone should remake it nobody should remake it, it is exactly yeah. perfect as that fucking thing is i just here if somebody shouldn't remake it i wish they would make more <laughs>
2: <laughs> well they did that like you know the norman lear live thing that they do they've played scripts and, and stuff. so they've
0: done some some good time stuff but do you Marvel know Gibson. how good times came to be mm, tell me so Remember on <laughs> story time? <laughs> yeah, here's more 70s trivia, kids. <laughs> um, remember how the Jeffersons were introduced on Archie, on, on uh, All in the Family? Mm-hmm. Uh, George and Wheezy Jefferson moved into the house in Queens they next door. Mo- and then later on, they moved on up to yes. the east side to mm-hmm. a deluxe apartment in the sky. <laughs> They're moving <laughs> on. What was their son's name?
2: Uh, Lionel
0: so good <laughs> well done um, Lionel was their son there were two Lionels mm. if like I'm Darren po- that shit yes <laughs> but one of I think the first Lionel if I remember correctly is his name in real life is Michael Evans mm. and the credits of Good Times creator of the show with Norman Lear who I think he might not be a creator might be a producer whatever is Michael Evans, Michael Evans the young boy the young son who mm. was the smart kid that we were talking about and stuff like that not like jj the rock star mm. and not thelma his mm. sister the youngest evans kid is named michael evans so good times is the story of his life his childhood and stuff mm. fucking beautiful that's awesome. so essentially he was on a set with norman lear and telling stories, stories norman lear is like that's a fucking show. Yes. You know what? I need that brain not to be
2: doing performing. We're going to find another Lionel. Isn't that crazy? you got to come and write me a show. Um, good for you, Norman Lear. Yeah. Be- better for-, for Michael Evans. Better
1: for
2: <laughs> <laughs> For being on set yes. and being like, let me tell you some stories. Got a so, great show. Out a of- long-winded answer to a question that started 45 minutes
0: ago. Yeah, <laughs> I, I forget what we were responding to. Person's like, I didn't ask about good times. Yeah,
2: tell me about 1970s television <laughs> I guarantee history. you,
0: though, some people right now are going to look up good times and be like, is yeah. it as good as they say? Part it is it, phenomenal. They I, should have called it phenomenal times.
2: I really kind of want, like, the
0: ringtone, my ringtone to be, damn, damn,
1: damn.
0: Hello? damn. <laughs> as opposed to the far easier, dynamite. <laughs> That's if, too. That's too trendy. Yeah.
2: If I let it get to the third damn, I'm just not picking up.
0: <laughs> damn, <laughs>
2: damn.
0: Um, all right. Third question. Take us home. Please let it be about Norman Lear, because we're on fire tonight. We're all Lear we're, all the time. All old white dudes. We're like, the. We're like. We are the Lear Jet tonight. Mel Brooks, Carl Reiner. <laughs> yes. Rob Reiner played Meatball. Yeah, Meathead. <laughs> that's right. He was Meathead. He's connected.
3: All right. Uh, last question. This is from Lucas Capomassi. Uh, and he wants to know if you guys could pick an avatar for a Ready Player One type virtual world, what would it be and what magic item?
2: Oh, somebody caught Ready Player One on HBO this month.
3: Am
0: I allowed to pick an existing IP? Yeah,
2: I it think would that's have to the be. idea. Is so I could Ready be. Ready Player
3: One just yeah. sucked everybody's IP. So, who would, what?
2: So, like, when he's going on his date, he like tries out all these ideas, and then the one he settles on is Buckaroo Banzai ultimately and that's that's his that's his i feel confident and i'm gonna kill the world that wasn't but, in the movie that yeah, is in the movie yeah he but, plays buckaroo Banzai. well before when he's going out he's trying all these clothes and fucking lena Waith is the big weird uh like hooking thing it's like you to wear that you gonna wear. That? oh you're going bonsai and he like ah. you see him and he's got the, the collar flipped up and the thin. yeah
0: who would i be oh Who's my avatar? Fucking Batman. This is the only world in which I could possibly be Batman. I would choose Batman. But then do you, you don't act like... Do I get to act like my avatar?
2: I mean, you can if you want it.
0: Do I have his skills is what I'm saying? Or am I just dressed like Batman? Because I could do that in the real yeah, world.
2: I think you just dressed like Batman.
0: Oh, fuck that. So I could do that now. I was doing I mean, it because I want his powers. Although
2: you could have like the magical item that we're also saying... The in-game thing
0: what is the, the magical game. item that gives batman his power is the death of his parents
1: <laughs>
2: pretty much <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's the it's the bruce wayne credit card
0: <laughs> um accepted all over the world well, i guess i should probably pick somebody more magical and powerful right oh fucking cthulhu damn yeah nobody picks cthulhu they really don't yeah i'd stop dreaming and wake the fuck up and everyone be like ah the terror of my mind and uh, I'd have a lot of room.
2: You would no. <laughs>
0: in this world. It's a real estate uh, cleaner outer. I feel nobody picks Cthulhu. I'm picking Cthulhu. And what magic do I need? I'm fucking Cthulhu. That's fair. In the House of Riley. Anyway, over to you.
2: Um, picking an avatar for Ready Player One for my virtual world. I am a hundred percent gonna be Lando Calrissian.
0: Which one? Um, Classic or. New yeah, Coke. no
2: classic. Not, not the new Coke. But, you know, and the magic <laughs> item is the fucking cape, which is like, you know, plus Invisibility one. Invisibility cloak. It's it's just plus one against inhibitions. It's like a fucking magic item where, like, anybody who sees that cape and you just fucking give a little furl, like, suddenly like do whatever oh, you want.
0: He knows what he needs. You really belong with us among the stars. Truly. You truly belong with us here in, in the clouds. <laughs>
1: clouds.
2: What, <laughs> what have oh, we? You
0: fucked up that line big time. <laughs> I know. You better get that cloak on. You I better practice good. your lines before you become... I'm going to need it because Lando. nobody
2: will care because I will wave the cloak. And then, uh, and then yes.
0: What have we here? Nice. Ooh, that does sound like a... Practice that line. That one I practice. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... If you practice that, like you practice that Dune speech <laughs> over, <laughs> over. <laughs> You know that call. What have we
2: here? What have we here?
0: <laughs> um, that's a good call, man. Lando mm. Carousin.
2: That'd be kind of cool. Um, you know, or fucking like Michael Knight. What <laughs> I mean, the two most opposite things in the world, like really, like, did you hear the ridicule in my life? I'm like, what do you why? <laughs> um, just so that kit can be my magical item. you just want a friend? It's so cute.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I want a talking car. Hey, what's, buddy. The, what's really cute <laughs> is like <laughs> hey. the truth of Mark's story is like. I don't want to hang out with any real people. I just want a car that will talk to me. I don't because need cuz I'll have a friend who'll talk to me who's also useful to get me to places.
2: I don't need anything. I just got my car and this paddleball game.
0: <laughs> um were you a big Night Rider? I was a huge Night yeah. Rider fan. Did you, you know how like we watch shit and you'll pick it apart and be like it's not real. <laughs> we're about to break it down. Did you do that to Knight Rider? No.
2: Not <laughs> Not better, Maybe embedded. that's why you do it now
0: because you spent your childhood going that talking car is possible. Anything's no, possible. Hundred
2: percent believe it. Like, Yeah, <laughs> sure. I would like an ejector seat. I would like the capacity to go up on two wheels whenever I want to. Not that I would need to very often, but I want to be able to. I want such turbo a, boost and jumping over shit. I want him to give me like hotel. I want basically want my phone to also tap into my car and then do shit for me.
0: Such a shit. <laughs> such a weird concept. Like it's just a dude in his car.
2: Yeah. Because it's like, it's a it's and a, fucking, that's a
0: superhero. But I guess that's what Batman is. <laughs> it's a dude in his car. A dude in his he's car. Punching people in the face. We just lost the internet. They're like, Batman is a lot more than a guy in a car, you fucking idiot. Of course he is.
2: Of course he is. Of course, of course he, is. he is. He's a guy whose parents were
0: killed. Yeah.
2: Then he buys a car, that's his superpower.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Trauma is his superpower. Uh, what is the fucking song in Lego movie where he's just like, um, something? <laughs> Darkness. Dead, dead parents. <laughs> Enveloping me <laughs> and then he's like money helps <laughs> <laughs> that's it for the questions did we answer him we, uh, we did we did yeah. we had avatars the only thing we couldn't accomplish tonight was fill the avengers with wrestlers fuck <laughs> no something we got to brush up on man just in case somebody one day approaches us in a dark alley puts a gun to our head and be like
3: replace all the Avengers with
0: wrestlers (laughs) so we're gonna be like "Ah, okay bang bang bang
2: bang bang there's a bunch of people on the internet when uh when i tweeted about being on a virtual talk show with sting Mm -hmm. they were disappointed that it wasn't sting the wrestler that it was in fact sting
0: in the the venn diagrams of interest I i could see where that's possible yeah but I was like, N- no. No, it was the actual Sting. That was awesome. We were on Gary Wood's talk show, Animal Talk. Holy shit. On Animal Crossing. And we were literally talking to Sting.
2: Like, and I didn't expect to be having conversation with Sting because I thought it was going to be like, oh, you'll all be in the green room together hanging out virtually on Discord. And like yeah, just Sting will be there, but I expected him to be on mute and doing his other shit and then somebody would tell him. He was him engaged. He was like talking and stuff. and like, Mark
0: texted me, he was like in all caps,
2: <laughs> I am talking to Sting! This is fucking crazy!
1: <laughs>
0: and then
2: Sting's like, it's alright if I play my guitar. It and then he did. would just pick up his guitar, and I was like, sending out an so he's singing message in a
0: bottle he did he sang a real tender roxanne. version of it. just casual the way you would sing roxanne like if you were taking a shower and shit. yeah he just started picking it off and at one point he was just like it, it, i don't know you're sitting there going do we join in yeah he's like everybody <laughs> like, yeah. no we're not singing but yeah Sam. i mean it's tempting because i know the words but i like listening to him sing to us it was yeah. really sweet he was so personable crazy yeah it was really really fucking cool it was yeah. later over where he was obviously it was six o'clock. he was in italy and he had a glass like, of something i've had a
2: campari and soda and i'm <laughs> yeah. feeling very honest
0: <laughs> like oh shit sting's feeling honest mark was able to bring up fucking dune to him. i did i dropped it i
2: dropped a fade Routha really early in the conversation and then sting didn't talk to me again
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's like i gotta stay away from the dune guy yeah
1: <laughs> oh you're one of
2: those are you
0: um, yeah, that was kind of magical. Thank you f- to Gary widow for having yeah. us on the show. It was fun. Wanna be on a talk show with Sting? Yes, I do. It's fucking dope, man. I wonder if you'd we ever run into him in the real world. Like, <laughs> hey man, remember us? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> like, what are these two rolling up on I me in an airport we'll Hold up about. a cart picture <laughs> of the cartoon avatar.
2: This was us, remember?
0: <laughs> we were right next to each other.
2: We didn't sing with you.
0: be out of respect. <laughs> um
2: We're not worthy.
0: You know, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, man. This was better than watching
2: Pretty Little Liars.
0: <laughs> Three hours later, you know what, man? We got there. It's a better fucking time than I would have had watching a show whose title I can never remember. But you know that. <laughs> I didn't think we were going to get here.
2: But it turns out, this was pretty fun.
0: In a world where uh, COVID spiking everywhere across our country, well, everywhere, not in the world, but in mm. our country and stuff, um, thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Hopefully... We took your mind off some shit, gave you a chuckle, uh, told you some news. We learned some things. We did, very much. It's pretty damn special. I got to bone up on my Houdini, apparently. It's my homework. Yeah, and I got to bone up on my wrestlers. (laughs) I feel really, like, vulnerable now. Yeah. I'm going to go on Schmodown soon. (laughs) Are you? Yeah, and uh, hopefully they don't throw any wrestling questions my way. I'll be, like, screwed. Good luck, my friend. I know. It's going to take some... It's going to take some... The thing uh,
2: I realized doing Schmodown is that I have... An enormous amount of useless information, but I—that useless information is not entirely vast. And so they—they so
0: they were asking shit you didn't even know.
2: There was like, oh, I don't know that. It was like, what was the name of who were the bad guys in the Brad Pitt film Cool World? And I'm like, holy shit! Like, what? Are you serious? Yeah. And I'm like, I have no idea. I know that there was a movie, and I know that Kim Passenger was in it too. And it was a Bakshi animated, well, but Bakshi, I can't.
0: yeah. Wow, I it couldn't was, tell you that. What was the answer?
2: I Now I don't remember. <laughs> like, I didn't commit to the memory. Don't need to know this ever again. But it's like those deep pockets in yeah. the weirdest places. And knowing other people who compete and take it seriously and do fucking research and homework. And like This This week, I'm studying on Westerns. And I'll watch every fucking Western because there might be a Western category. And this week, I'm voting up on my 80s teen sex comedies. I go, okay, well wow that's work
0: look i'm happy to play but i'm not that i'm not that committed to anything including my wife child (laughs) values like that sounds like a lot of fucking work yeah
2: i was like i i because i cannot take it that seriously i i will bow out of the ring
0: and so you went in and then you were like i'm out
2: i went i went in i did a singles match once and then they had like a free for all that i did and like i had a really good time
0: but But you were like
2: i'm ignorant (laughs) i thought i knew it but it became like I had a friend who didn't want to pick up skiing at like 30 years old because, like, I'm never going to be good at it. Like, that's a thing you need to learn when you're like 15, totally when you're 11, when like you're fearless and you're invulnerable and invincible. At 30, I got too much to lose. I'm never going to be good at this. It's like, I don't even want to try.
0: Fucking smart. I've had that feeling since I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never get good no. at this. Why am I ever going to try? This is insane. I'll watch other people do this thing. And um, so, yeah,
2: once, once seeing how deeply seriously people took it, I was like, I can't, I can't half step my way into this.
0: You're scaring me off this fucking thing. Oh, have a good time. It'll be great. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose. Sounds like. Well, if I had to guess, they know my two weak spots right now: wrestling and mm. Cool World. I just admitted <laughs> it on the air. Uh, I, I would like to see the, the
2: the wheel of things of topics you can choose. Like yes. Eight out of ten of them will be Kevin Smith movies. And then one will be Cool World. And then I'm like, oh,
0: fuck. (laughs) Spin it again. He hit on wrestling every time. Oh, man. I know. Because I know a lot about Kevin Smith. (laughs) Uh, Did you have a good time tonight, ladies and gentlemen? Yes, we did. We sure did, man. We thank you for joining us. We thank JC for kicking everybody out of the (laughs) Scum and Villainy Cantina as we do our show, man. Um, thanks for heating up the COVID, JC. Yeah, thanks very much. <laughs> thanks uh, to this man to my left, without whom there is no show, Mr. Mark Bernardin, ladies and gentlemen.
2: Thank you, Mr. Smith.
0: Uh, and that concludes our contract for this evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this has been Fat Man Beyond. I have been Kevin Smith. I have been Mark Bernardin. Tune in next time. Same fat time, same fat channel smodcast.com or youtube.com slash kevin smith for the good of all cree this has been a production of smodco internet radio sir only at smodcast.com